when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, October 24th. Is that true? No. Not at all. What? Not at all. Why do I, you know what it is? Uh, I figured out what it is. It's because Rob is back. I and my mind is like, that's it. It's the beginning of a week. Rob Zachney back from his trip. I changed all the text in my write-up. I like in the thing I'm looking at, it's like it's Monday, October 24th, which is not true at all because it's actually Friday, October 25th when you're hearing this. Yeah. Uh, it is <laughs> it is Waypoint Radio episode 274. I need you to know I went in and I changed it. I changed what I'd already written, mm-hmm. which was, you know, uh, to help me close off the week. I changed to to help me kick off the week. Instead, because I thought it was Monday. Wow. Wow. That's how bad it is. I also know it's Thursday when we're recording because we start at 11 because that's when we start on Thursdays. Yeah. Kato, Patrick, you're both here. Rob Zachney, like I said, Mm -hmm. back from Berlin, back from ParadoxCon. PDXCon? ParadoxCon? What do they say? They call it PDXCon, but it's super confusing because PDX means a specific thing in the United States and Uh less so over in Europe. How you doing? You feeling? You, are you jet lagged? Are you? I mean, you got back what Monday sometime? Yeah, no, this was a really easy trip. Uh, in terms of jet lag, I've gotten pretty good at handling this stuff. Um, I like basically, I just I landed in Berlin and had a beautiful day walking around the city and uh, learning the metro system there. And once I was like too exhausted to keep standing, around like eight p.m., I went home and slept. Uh, so yeah, uh, coming back was, was easy. Um, and I managed to play a few games there. Oh, okay. Good job. (laughs) Not paradox games. Forget those. Uh, Oh, what? What? The game I want to talk to you about. But you went to paradox con. Mm hmm. (laughs) Well, a lot of stuff was delayed. A lot of stuff we've seen at E3. Okay. Uh, it, it turns out like I went to paradox, paradox con the question is, need I have? Yeah, they, um, Rob, they ran a conference for a game they delayed as soon as the conference started. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it wow. rolled. Uh-huh. I was super. It was <laughs> it, it was great. Um, and then the Crusader Kings 3 reveal was pretty thin. And then most of the details that press got in our special briefing were also given exclusively exclusively to Gamer Network sites. Uh, so RPS and US Gamer. Huh. And at that point, yeah. Uh, and so at that point, I was like, hmm, I could have used these four days to do anything, anything else. else. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, okay, wait, what, what, do you uh, wanna, what is the game you played that you want to tell us about? Oh, uh, I want to talk to you about my time managing a Trabant factory <laughs> in uh, socialist East Germany. <laughs> Why did I think he was going to say my time in Porsche? I, yeah, I don't. 
Uh, that would have been if you'd been like, "Oh yeah, I got I stuck in a little time back in my time in Porsche." That would have been God. cheap. That would have been the best. That would have been the, the very very best. What? Wait. So wait. Why? What were you managing? What? So there is a museum in uh, what used to be East Berlin. Um called the DDR Museum. Sure. Now this has been con- this was confusing for many uh mm-hmm. American journos because uh-huh. they like again DDR has a meaning <laughs> uh you know here but not so much uh it has a different meaning in Germany. Uh I think in English it would probably be the GDR uh museum. Yeah. Uh but it it's the it's it's East Germany. It's sort of a museum about East Germany and what it was like living there. Uh it, there's a lot of nostalgia uh, it's kind of a nostalgic museum. It's look at consumer goods that people uh, uh, in East East Germany, you know, consumed and enjoyed. Uh, here's their version of like a Sony Walkman, for instance. Sure. And it's really it, it's it's a cute museum, and there's a lot of just kind of a cool trip down memory lane, except as you go through the museum, it also gets increasingly propagandistic ah. about the nature of East Germany. Well, like and the fact that you kicked it off with like, here were consumer goods kind of immediately made me wonder <laughs> like, okay, well, what are we extracting as what, is, what are the things that we're willing to be nostalgic about versus the things that we have to, that, that we take a different angle with? It's super, it, like, it's super weird. So, like, in the front of the museum, you see this car, uh, the the Trabant, I, I, I want to say. It is a little East German sedan. And the text on it is, boy, this is what passed for a good car in East Germany, but it sucked. <laughs> but really, it was also kind of a marvel of engineering, and there was a lot of ingenuity and cleverness that went into designing it. You know, we didn't huh. even have steel to build the car body, <laughs> so we built this, like, I guess you call it a plastic, and it was pretty incredible. It only had a few horsepower, really, and it was notorious for breaking down, but by God, we loved it. And so that's kind of the tenor of a lot of the opening stages of the museum, which is, here's how people lived, here's stuff they bought here's things they did um and a lot of it is genuinely kind of ambivalent about how things were then versus how they are now um there's sort of cryptic lines that are hard like things that are hard to interpret like uh farm workers found themselves uh turned into skilled laborers under under communism as opposed to being just peasants and uh and and small farmers i'm like is that worse? Is that better? Oh, is that, wait, I how were they framing it? Was it just presented? I mean, like that. That's is, how they presented it. Okay. And yeah, so there wasn't like a gloss on it. Like it, it wasn't. There was kind of a mixture of nostalgia for yeah, farm workers weren't just farm workers anymore, right, but they right, became right. like industrialized a professionalized class. Yeah, right, sure. But then at the same time, it's also eh, you probably got a social status upgrade as, as well through that. But then as you go through the museum, it gets increasingly uh, propagandistic about like how screwed up. East Germany was and how dictatorial it was. And look, like the Stasi have a reputation for a reason, right? Yeah. Like that was yeah. a heavily surveilled yeah. and repressed uh, society. But it just begins getting increasingly heightened and editorializing in its placards. And eventually you come to uh, you come to this thing that's about 
central economic planning. And literally the text on this wall is uh, the planners of the Soviet Union worshipped one god, and that god oh was god. the god of planning. And they <laughs> and, and their and their demons were those of the free market, Adam Smith, etc. And it just goes oh on. God. And it's like generations were sacrificed on the pyre to this to this god of planning, and it was to no avail. No failure could disprove the theory. This is like literally and, as you're getting deeper into the museum, it's like you've gotten yes. past the facade, you've gotten past the like friendly plastic car. Car, like wing and and into the like ideological like reactionaryism. Great, good. Yeah. So uh, then there's this game to demonstrate that. It's ah, like a touch screen game, those little game displays. Yeah. And it's about you are the director for the Dermont factory. This will demonstrate uh, why it was impossible uh, to have a successful socialist uh, economy. You're the director of the Turbon factory, that cute little car we met at the yeah. start of the museum. Remember that thing? That's uh, cute. That's great. And so it starts out with being like, here was what you made last year, 130,000 Turbons. Uh, are you going to lower your targets for this year? Are you going to keep them the same or are you going to increase them? And I was like, promise less, over deliver. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was like, we're cutting our targets. And the game's like, you cut your targets, but the central committee won't let you. No, comrade, we must continue to build socialism. <laughs> targets increase by 20%. And you push a little button, and like the count of the turbans rolling off the line begins to increase. And then it's like, uh-oh, you discovered low-quality workmanship <sighs> coming off the line. What do you do? And it's like... Do you jail the workers as saboteurs? <laughs> do you uh, let's do you give the workers time off uh, to rest them because they are probably being overworked and making mistakes? Do you outsource these uh, parts that are problematic to another company? And I was like, man, my workers are probably working really hard. Yeah, let's send those, <laughs> let's send, let's send those guys and gals on vacation. Yeah, get, get them like, out of boom. There. Yeah. And they're like, you're going to morale up, output down. And I was like, I'll eat it. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And it runs a little longer. And it's like, rut row. <laughs> you discovered their design flaws with one of the components going to the Trabants. Your engineers didn't see this problem coming. Do you trust the engineers to do it, uh, to do this correctly uh, the next time they, they fix it? Do you, I want to say it's like, do you jail the engineers for sabotage? Again, yeah. <laughs> or, or do you strike a deal with another, uh, with another producer of a similar component and have them, basically the outsourcing option again. Do you give them some of your overrun of uh, Trabants in exchange for breaks for this year? And I was like, you know what, let's do that. Let's just, let's just uh, cut that deal. So we get back on the rails. And so we keep going through this, this process of like, do you do the shitty thing? Do you do the pro worker thing? Uh, or do you like do kind of the self enriching, uh, like, Oh, that's often the third option is like, why don't you just pocket the difference and uh, walk away? Why don't why don't you let this company, uh, this outsourcing agency, why don't you let them bribe you? Oh. And I'm like, mm -hmm. not I. I'm a good comrade. <laughs> you are a good comrade. So 
I keep waiting for the, like, I'm like looking at the target. I'm getting closer. And I'm like, so the game's just going to like force me into a fail state here at the end. And then I go like shooting past the target. And I'm, I like, I beat, I beat the target and the game's like, congratulations, comrade. Your production of Turbance this year has exceeded our wildest expectations. Of course, you'll have to produce even yeah, more course. next year, yeah. but uh-huh. well done. And nothing like capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Less with more, not under capitalism. God. Uh, but it was just, it was very funny because, like, I think. All you had to do was like the nice pro worker options in the game and you beat it. Right. You just didn't have to LARP as an asshole. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you just had to like, yeah, commit. So it was talking about Disco Elysium uh, <laughs> or Outer Worlds. We'll get, you know, we'll wrap around yeah. some, somewhere here. Uh, that's very funny, though. I'm, I'm glad you, you found time to 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 play something you actually wanted to talk about uh, well, at this gaming convention. I'll I'll tell you one last thing about this museum. After that sequence, you go into what uh, East German apartments were like once you were sort of issued your your state housing as starting a family, and you got your your state issued two bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it's kitschy, but in the way that like photos from my parents' house in the seventies is kitschy, mm. right? Like it's it's old fashioned. Uh, there's a weird detail where they have a you go into these these homes and they have a fake view out the window. And I shit you not, floating hot air balloons of Karl Marx's head are like drifting through the night sky over East Berlin. I, I can't. Is that real? Is that real? Was that I, hot Karl I Marx don't hot know. air balloons? I don't know. But like right now, <laughs> was it's it still like balloon shape? Cartoon. Yeah, exactly yes. what I have in mind. Dude, wow. it was just his head, just like melting into a balloon shape, and like where his neck would be was like the. Uh, the the little ring uh, for for the flame. Um, so I'm there with a bunch of other journalists, and we're looking around this place. And like I said, it's kitschy, it's old fashioned, but it's a two bedroom. Yeah, in a city. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's it's very funny Probably. how I think that some of the messaging of this museum has shifted. Where I am sure when this museum was sort of drafted, like things were humming along, and there it was very easy to be like point and laugh and be like, right. "Man, things were fucked." And then all of us were like, "Damn, can you believe they lived like this?" <laughs> Look at this living room. Look it's at so it. space. You can spin around. Oh. You would definitely yeah. put speakers in here. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, and, right. and so we're all sitting there and being like, "Sign me up, <laughs> yeah. man! Uh-huh. Like, g- give me that. I don't care if it's bugged. Give me that." <laughs> all I'm saying anyway is, "Woo! Look, look at my apartment." <laughs> God. Socialism rules. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely gonna gonna have some have some doubts though when you when you uh, turn the kiss on. I think I think at that point you might get a knock at the door when you start blaring kiss on those speakers. <laughs> Wait a second, comrade, where'd you get this? <laughs> Rock and roll all night and part. Oh oh oh, which party? Our party? We're good. All right. <laughs> that's that's the that's how I get out of that one. Um, we should talk about the the I guess. The inverted world of, of what you're describing, the uh, capitalistic dystopia presented by the outer worlds. Uh, yeah. More, more or less dystopia. Well, I mean, like, this is kind of like one of the big questions that we had, I think, coming into this. Um, I had a piece right on it on uh, Tuesday. You'll have a review up uh, by today, right? Uh, or sometime today. Yeah. 
Um, uh, the Outer Worlds, the latest game from Obsidian Entertainment, uh, who I think most folks would point towards uh, Fallout New Vegas as their their kind of most long long lasting contemporary uh, hit, but have put out a ton of games before and after that. Uh, people know I love Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic too a whole bunch. Uh, folks really love. Uh, a lot of their more recent computer RPGs, um, like uh, Tyranny and uh, Pillar Pillars of Eternity. Eternity. Yes. Eternity. I kept wanting to say uh, the Earth, and that's not it. That's a different thing. That's a <laughs> that is a, a, a book series. Um, the uh, The Outer Worlds is, I think. So what I will say first is, I think that this game has been super well received. Uh, it is a first-person uh, RPG in the style of the Bethesda and Obsidian Fallout games. Uh, you are playing a captain, a space captain, who has been defrosted from uh, a, a kind of aberrant uh, colony ship that was lost to space. Uh, and a seemingly radical uh, scientist has decided to bust you out and have you be the disruptive force that overturns the corporate board, a group of companies that uh, has kind of de jure control over the star system, the Halcyon star system, um, which is divided into a handful of worlds, some kind of uh, space station-y things, some asteroids, um, and uh, is, is kind of, de depending on how you look at it, either a place where uh, all potential change is squashed uh, instantly by this corporate board through economic and, and military pressure, or is te teetering on the brink of collapse where behind every you know uh, uh, placard, behind every billboard, there is some sort of like broiling conflict ready to ready to explode and you get to play the 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 match uh the matchbox that's going to set off the powder keg um i'm like 18 hours in now as i put some more time into it after i wrote my piece um uh but this game's been super well received um i think for me, when I look at the reception, so much of it, and when I think about my own reception, when I think about my enjoyment of the game so far, so much of it is, oh, I haven't had one of these in a long time. <laughs> um, uh, and, um, you know, if people want to go read my piece, it's up on the site now. Uh, but, like, yeah, that's the basic gist of it for me is, like, nothing in this game feels particularly revolutionary in, in either category at this point, uh, either in terms of gameplay design or revolutionary in its politics. Um, but it does feel warm. It does feel like familiar. It is a mode of play where I kind of like, all right, let me clear all the stuff off the map. And each of those things is not going to be just kill seven wolves. It's going to be a quest with dialogue with kill voice these acting. three wolves or kill those four wolves. Right. Who could say <laughs> I have two wolves are inside of me, uh, a capitalist and whichever wolf you kill yeah exactly um the you know, whichever wolf you kill the quest lines will complete and you'll move forward and sometimes you kill a wolf for someone you don't even like that much because it is a quest after all and this doesn't seem like one of the quests that would change the outcome of the entire game so fuck it let me kill those wolves um rob i'm curious what, what you're thinking because you're a little bit further in than me i guess to, to set the stage i am like i said 18 hours in i've finished the first big planet I finished a like space like a, a space station e place. Uh, when I say finished, I mean I did all the quests I could find there. Um, and then I'm I'm uh, on the planet Monarch, which they showed off in the previous um, like preview builds or like preview uh, 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 cycle, um, and have done a bunch of stuff there, but not everything. But at this point, it's like 
Uh, I'm at the point of the game where they've introduced the kind of competing religious ideology. Um, and and it, we're getting to points where I'm like finishing off uh, side character, my, my companion's uh, side quests, like they're not their loyalty quests, but the things that feel like Mass Effect style loyalty quests, or I guess Fallout New Vegas also had similar things and Fallout 4 had similar things. So it's like I'm wrapping those, those sort of companion quests up, uh, or at least a couple of them. I just wrapped up the one for the Vicar, uh, Vicar Max's, which actually is yeah. interesting. We should talk about that. Um, what are you thinking? How are you feeling about this thing? Uh, I am kind of bored. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, to, I think this is not my warm blanket. Yeah, this totally. This was never my warm blanket, so I'm not coming to it with that sort of uh, affection like built in. I I find a lot of this game grating. Like there are things that really, really work, and there are things that just piss me off. Um, and what's frustrating to me, and this is kind of uh, God, I don't want to just start narrating my review. Uh, but the opening of this game for me was like the best and worst of this game, and sure. then it just repeated. Like the things I hated in the opening hours, I hated. You know, twenty hours later. Uh, the things I really liked, I also really liked uh, 20 hours later. But the thing that frustrated me was that so much of this game seems like bits or jokes uh, that are holding up entire sections of the game. And bits wear thin. When an entire setting, when an entire zone is basically a bit, a conceit, eventually it needs to start feeling real to me. It need like I need to buy that people are just for some for whatever reason writing this out and sort of stuck with these options and accepting of that status can quo. You, can we be a little and, at least a little bit more like uh, what's an example of this so that people know what we're okay, talking? Because so I kind of somewhat have ideas, but I'm curious. Okay, so the thing Danielle cited in her preview, and it's the opening section of the game. You're at this colony, Edgewater, that's run by Spacer's Choice. And the gag is Spacer's Choice is kind of the Kirkland brand of uh, Halcyon, right? Like, it's not Ooh. the best choice. It's Spacer's Choice. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. a funny line. Yeah, that is a Joe. That is a funny line. That, yeah. The first time you hear it, good line. The 60th, 70th time you hear that line, and you will, and that will not be the last time you hear that line, it's less funny. And it also turns out to be that is one of the governing logics of that entire community, which everyone there works for Spacer's Choice. They're basically owned by Spacer's Choice. It's a company town, yeah. 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 And all they can do, it being a company town, is buy and use the crappy tools that Spacer's Choice makes, uh, eat the crappy food, that Spacer's Choice uh, grows and produces. And everyone is just cool with that. Like they are slowly being whittled away to nothing and they're starving and they're malnourished and uh, There's a plague that gets people killed and, and they're, but right. their core loyalty to the, to the system is, is in lockstep basically outside of <clears throat> occasional people who peel off to go join like a different commune, basically, <clears throat> that has sprouted. Right. And so it's and most, there isn't any of that, but like everyone in town seems like a diehard. And it doesn't ever read as like 
uh, parody of like look at people who are like so bought into a thing or is it like this it's, is this is part of how these things work in real life people aren't paying attention there's a degree of like compression that mm-hmm. happens right which is like in real life it is very easy to understand why someone would feel complacent and f- and you can see all of the mechanisms by which um uh, loyalty and um, you know reactionaryism and like uh, cowardice are produced. You can understand mm-hmm. why someone why we're not in the streets right. because you can look at all the mechanisms of control and and power that keep people feeling like basically satiated or afraid of any large scale change. Right in partly because it's so easy in as the player character <clears throat> to come and disrupt things. Uh, it can be hard to see why the people who are literally being put in the sick house until they die wouldn't revolt because you can't quite see the same degree of like mm. ideological warfare happening, if that makes sense. And like rhetoric. Or you can understand why they wouldn't revolt, but you can't understand why they would continue to like blithely parrot back at you. Mm-hmm. The corporate bromides right. and the slogans. Everyone has to, by the way, almost every character who's like still loyal to the company system speaks in branding. They speak to you in sales pitches and uh, like like branding guidelines. And so it's not just that somebody is going to be like, oh, my God, I've got a plague, but I can't have it treated. And uh, death would be a sweet release is that they will find a way to express that through the lens of I just couldn't get my Spacer's Choice vitamin guppies, but I'm sure they'll be here on the next <laughs> ship, shipment. It's stuff it, it's stuff like that. I, I, I think that stuff uh, that stuff doesn't hasn't knocked me out of this quite yet because I'm reading it in this game isn't this is Futurama. This is like mm. this is I'm not reading it as Fallout. Do you know what I mean? Like there I, yeah. I gotta I gotta fucking shrink right now. You know? Like I, I have to it's not even compartmentalization. So I think that the genre space it's in is like is is you know parodical. It is parody. It, mm-hmm. it is not. It is not well, like the humor slider is like a little more up and not just like yeah uh, yeah like, like political satire, but like it's straight up just jokes. Y- yeah, sliding and higher a lot of them in terms of the spectacle. Totally, and I think that like part of that too is like. Um, you know, there, there used to be the thing in Fallout where you could put on, like, the wacky wasteland or the wild wasteland, and that would, like, turn on mm-hmm. the alien encounters and the mm. weirder weapons. This is a game where that's just on. Yeah. That's just mm. on, right? Like, you're just oh, – a, a mad scientist pulled you out of a out of a cryo tube and has a shrink ray gun, you know, on his ship, you know, waiting for you the first time you visit him. Sam is Barnsworth. Right. It, like, that is the <laughs> – that is, like, the touch. Like, this is – it's a Firefly game. It feels like a Futurama game in places. It feels like, like – that is the space it's working in. Um, and I think given that, I, I think I'm with you in terms of like, I don't understand why this game needs me, the player character, to be the the match. Um, and, and in fact, maybe it doesn't. Like as you get further in, you do start to meet the people who mm-hmm. are, you know, resistance, you know, to to the, the status quo. And I, part of the thing that does work for me here is the idea that like, actually, we're going to introduce this idea that everything is like, completely controlled by the corporate board, but instantly everywhere you go, here are the places that are not controlled by the corporate board mm-hmm. where their hold is a lot of flourish and a lot of like 
threat. Um, they certainly have more power than anyone else. Like there is a blockade of an entire planet uh, with with like gunships, and those gunships are uh, a kind of lingering axe waiting to drop. Um, but on that planet are like two entire communities, three entire communities that have seeded from the corporate board's kind of uh, way of life um, and in, and are are operating under kind of three different modes. Um, and for me, that is where it ends up getting the most interesting and, and where it's harder for me to pin down what the game thinks or believes or like wants to say about its own setting. Um, the Planet Monarch. Isn't that the point, though? I mean, yes. I, I feel like they're like they're, they, they've are like they set that up and how they've talked about the game that that I'm not sure I would ever, ever expect well, the game to necessarily I'll explain, lean into that. All that I'll explain much. why I think it's hard to pin down it is partially because of where and when it the degree to which the different sides are actually vilified. Um, I'll put it this way. So, so far, uh, I've met, like, one actively, like, it's kind of like socialism meets uh, kind of a vague Eastern philosophy group that is, like, the primary ideological um, threat to this to this culture. Uh, and they are run by, like, a dude who has uh, his head up his ass a little bit, who is, like, deep into wanting to convert people with rhetoric and, and propaganda, and he wants to get a printing press up, and he was like, we gotta, we gotta like, convert people by the heart. And then the other person who kind of runs this commune uh, is this kind of more pragmatic military leader who's, like, the commander. And and inside of that world, you're kind of like, hey, do I want to side with the people who are more practical or the people who, who are more utopian? Um, but regardless... Neither of them are positioned as villains or they're not vilified as much as like the invisible corporate board who basically mm. constantly comes down and kills people right. either directly or through necropolitics where they're like turning off access to medicine, turning off access to food, putting in, you know, uh, uh, you know, embar not embargoes, uh, you know, um, blockades and, and uh, you know, refusing to let people use local resources because they have to use the resources that are brought in from outside and all of that stuff. Like, I, it does – this is why I say I can't pin them down is in those moments, like in that comparison between those two things, it's like, oh, well, the kind of like doofy socialists who maybe have some like personal beef and reasons I wouldn't agree with their methodology aren't killing thousands of people through negligence or greed. And so it isn't like it's saying apples – these are both apples. Like there isn't apples and oranges, oranges thing here. But what – you know, it's kind of saying like – these people have have their hearts in the right places. Maybe they could be doing it better. Versus these people are not people. They're fucking goofball, cornball, right. shitty, evil assholes. Like you meet the first dude you meet from the actual corporate board is the guy you meet on the space station. I think Rob Udam, um, and mm -hmm. he is just like detestable. There is nothing redeeming about that dude at all. And like he isn't like a a cartoon villain necessarily, but they don't do any work of like making him interesting to where you might want to side with him unless you're doing the like bad guy run of the game where you're gonna immediately betray your people and blah blah blah. So it it isn't just hands in the air. What about the other side? You know, both sides. Sure. Uh, uh, you got to hear both sides. Um, but it does in other points where it does want to like play with that is when it says like, okay, but what about a corporation that's trying to do good? What about a good corporation? What about a corporation that is, you know, uh, what about the, the biggest ones that you get again and again in the game is like, yeah, but if don't, if you change all this, won't regular people get hurt? What if you, what if everyone gets hurt if you try to change anything? Um, and the thing that ends up being the most frustrating for me as a player is that 
the options available across these things don't always line up or don't always produce the same range of options in the tenor I can take towards that stuff. So like when I'm talking to the – or when I'm in the the place that is like clearly super villainous, like open and shut, super mad super science you know, corporation has decided to do experiments that are definitely going to bring down a local community, uh, my options can be like, yo, fuck this, burn it all down. Like, I hate this from the jump. Like, even before I make decisions about what to do, the character's voice I can I can choose. I could also <laughs> choose the one that is like, yeah, well, the worker should have tried harder and, and blah, 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 or whatever. Like, the, you know, you can be a strike breaker in this game. You can, like, go yeah, yeah, steal yeah. the union stash, like, strike fund so that they have to they have to end their strike. Like, I want to yeah, be clear. Yeah. You can play that character here. Um, but what is even more dif- difficult for me as a player who's trying to, like, embody a character is that <laughs> sometimes when I get into a dialogue with someone, I can be like, fuck all this. And other other times the most radical I can get is like, but why would the corporate board do a bad? Why would they do bad? Yeah. Don't isn't this don't they see this isn't good? Um and it's like, well, I can feel two different writers here. Like I can feel that right. there was not a pass to unify what even the the role of the the kind of person who wants to burn it all down sounds like or or acts like. Um it um the- it even sounds like sorry. Yeah, I was Go for wrong. it. Uh, I was just gonna say, like, uh, the way that you were talking about the the like the the people who were still kind of living under the corporate, like, and like spouting basically uh, marketing, uh, like that sort of like uh, taking people that are being oppressed and making it seem like there's two different types of people that are being oppressed. There's the ones that are aware. And the ones that aren't, and like the 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 line where that like, like yeah, there's some people who it feels like to such a, an extreme that it 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 um it like it feels uh what's the word I'm looking for, not upset uh, upsetting, but it, like it, like um when you take uh, uh it 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 feels like it's at such an extreme where it feels like those people are lo- a lost cause. Yeah, like, does that. Um, does that actually, um, cause I, I, I'm always yes no. leery like, of that sort of like, oh, we have to come in and save a certain type of people mm. where like they're never going There's to, ca- even if we talk to them. In the opening zone, be- that, that position is explicitly articulated. Yeah. Uh, there are people who are basically like, if you didn't lash out against the system, mm-hmm. You're no good to us. There's no like your your chance to leave came and went. Now, if you if you've st- if you've taken the corporate line, like you can you can go down with that ship. There, uh, um, I actually don't think that's true. I think the actual end of that quest. I mean, there is still a hard line drawn, but the 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 line that's drawn at the end of that quest is that she says, if at this point you still want to hold up that ideology, you don't get to fucking come to be at our commune. Like if you're going to come to our commune and still want to uphold corporate values, fuck off. Um, Like, so there is, they are like trying to make this character who is operating this open and free commune in this Mm -hmm. first zone seem like, uh, make her seem, you know, less open and kind than, than her front was. But she doesn't go as far as to say, if you didn't join us already, you can't come join us now. The entire play in that quest is about moving the rest of that culture to that commune gotcha. and away, or or shutting down the oh, commune. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but the thing you about that, I mean? the end of that quest is, we will accept people who already tow the exact line that I've laid out here, 
And even though I've made the decision to burn down their town, if they do not then immediately accept unconditionally yeah, totally. I just the be clear. rules I've laid out, they can die in the wilderness. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, the I, position. Yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. I, I'm being clear that that's the position. The position is not if you didn't already do that, it's time. Like I think that that is a that that is an important distinction. But I yeah. do. I'm with you that it's like it is played like a like a twist. Like ah, you thought you were doing the good thing by helping this environmentalist run her commune instead of pushing her people back into the corporate you know uh, workhouse. Um, that is meant as a twist for sure, and meant as like uh, things aren't so simple here in in the the space frontier. Um, but I am also willing to make that choice like that is the i think that is the thing for me was like yeah okay like and she'll figure they'll figure it out but but shutting down this town was the right thing for me to do i'm happy to stand by that even though the person who is now in command is like not the noble kind-hearted perfect picture Mm -hmm. of a revolutionary um uh the thing that ends up being like uh, the, the alternate thing ends up happening in monarch right which is like you're introduced to someone who is like the good CEO, right? Like, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to make changes. Like, I'm not going to change the fundamental system. Um, the, the, I want to, I want to get back in the corporate, the corporate board's good graces, but I'm going to give people days off. I'm going to mandate that there are like regulations put in place. I'm going to be contemporary, you know, capitalism with slightly more workers' rights where I've conceded a few things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to allow there to be unions and strikes. Uh, but, all of this is to get back in the board's good graces and show that we can be productive again. Um, and uh, like I, the thing for me is like I don't mind them taking these swings. Um, the, but I'm also leery of saying that this game has some sort of revolutionary politics, which is a take that I've seen out there right. without squaring no, that. Without squaring – yeah, totally. Without squaring that against the fact that like it is – it, its goal is fundamentally to produce the effect of choice for you and to reward whatever choice you make with content right. and with the feeling that like, ah, oh, look at how I am the mover in this world, which fundamentally is also like we talked about this with Watch Dogs Legion when when that was debuted. And one of the most interesting things for me about Watch Dogs Legion is the, that, the just delayed Watch Dogs uh, Legion. Did they delay it? <laughs> what? Yeah, when did, when did, we'll get into that later. Okay. Yeah, like, um, literally while we were yeah, talking I'm not, about I'm this. not surprised by that. That game seems ambitious and weird and like uh, I'd rather them take the time Um, but Watch Dogs Legion a game with no protagonist no central protagonist as of when we saw it anyway maybe that changes between now and and launch Uh, but like that was one of the most interesting gotta get a white guy in that cover exactly Uh, one of the most compelling things for me about that game was like hey if you want to change the world you literally cannot do it alone Mm -hmm. and that is in line with a certain type of political position that understands history not as kind of like the Hegelian story of a bunch of great men lined up one after another uh, or clashing a bunch of great men clashing uh, but as like the the uh, kind of ebb and flow of force of power of material Um, and Legion at least gets you a little bit there in its premise Mm -hmm. whereas this game is always going to be about one person is de-iced one person gets defrosted and then they are the 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 hand on on the scale one way or the other and like I don't know that you can have a game that is both about big historical change and about the individual hero being the the center of that Mm -hmm. that Make that that can be revolutionary in that sense because it's always going to be individualistic in its framing and in it and its mechanics and in like the narrative logics therein. The camera is always on you, right? Um, uh, which isn't to say you don't have a crew. It isn't to say there aren't NPCs already setting things in motion and all that. But like that is like the logic there. That's or at least se- at least ahead. one with that framing, right? Of like 
open world, open-ish world yeah, yeah, yeah. with many choices. Yes. Like, yeah. If the scale was smaller, you can do that, right? Like, right. this is like the Disco Elysium thing of like, I mean, I don't know how that game ends, but I bet it's not. And then, sure. and then you become the leader of this of this city. You know what I mean, or whatever. Mm. What were you gonna say, Patrick? Well, I was gonna say, like, isn't this also like a long, like, especially like post, like uh, Bethesda taking over Fallout, in which games of this sort like to invoke politics insofar as it's useful in creating choices, but that they only are willing to tiptoe up to a certain edge because it's a useful facet of the game design, not necessarily like the game being used as an expression or like a tool to like walk through ideological choices. And so like politics is just like, ah, well, we've got to create a quest. And so it's like politics, which are largely agreeable to large swaths of people like corporations bad, generally speaking, is like easy to digest, but doesn't necessarily go down the route of like specificity that like, I think Disco Elysium presents like an interesting contrast in which like it does go to specificity. It does go to detail, partially due to like the scope of its game. But like, I don't, I don't necessarily think those things are like, it's not exclusive to a big game, not being able to be more specific or, uh, uh, about its ideology. It's choosing, it's choosing not to. And like, I do think this game like upfront, like, I mean, you can criticize it all at once for, like, what it what it chooses not to do. But I also think, like, they have framed this game from the start as, like, a very particular style of game totally. that is, that is, that is, this is one of those in which, like, yeah, we've got politics, but, like, it's politics as opposed no, there, to, like, a Disco Elysium in which it's, like, there's politics and there's, like, ideology. It's, like, politics as feature and, like, politics as, like, ideology as, like, a belief. And, like, Disco Elysium falls way more on... Yes. Um, on that spectrum than than a game like Outer Worlds uh, does, which also makes sense why one is more mass market oh, yeah. appealing and one is ultimately going to be like it, perhaps a landmark RPG that finds <laughs> a larger audience because of its critical acclaim. But ultimately, like no, like there is a box that you and, and but maybe, maybe that is a lack of imagination too. That like oh, you cannot make a game like this that appeals to millions and millions of people because nobody's like truly tried. I don't know, but like I do think it's interesting to contrast those two. Given you, the, what you do, the shooting, there's no you know you don't really shoot you don't shoot guns in Disco right, Elysium, right. and yet the overlap of like the narrative like thrust like is not that far off. It just comes from a different approach. Yeah, the the thing that I will say is like I am. I am totally okay with there being the game. Like I think that the inclusion of like here is the here is the faux socialist commune that is torn between its like uh, emphasis, you know, putting its resources into the practical concerns of the people already there and its desire to grow and bring in new people and to invest in like its in printing presses uh, is like a perfectly fine cartoonish but but interesting way to frame a question of like well what do you do when you are trying to build something radical in a world that is hostile to you. Yeah. Um, also, like, do you right. do you end up working closely with the nearby criminal, like, uh, settlement that is that is certainly opposed to the corporate, or, or, you know, certainly opposed in, uh, in action to the corporate board, even though ideologically it kind of needs the corporate board to function, and in a world, uh, you know, upset, those same smugglers would probably oppose you. Like, that stuff is not nothing for me, but I'm also, like, it is in a sense, it's like, the the there's a buffet on offer um and if what you're looking for here is like a is a well you know um a, a well-made uh you know seven course meal that is like here is 
we are going to feed you an interesting ideological uh, meal. You know, that is not what this is. But it is a buffet in the sense like, oh, yeah, I, I'll take a little bit of this. Oh, I'm happy that this is at the buffet. I've been at worst buffets that did not even have, you know, fried chicken. Yeah. I've uh, Most buffets don't but even. Sometimes a buffet is what you're looking for. I'm okay with a bunch of just, it's all pretty okay. And you okay. can judge buffets to buffets. I think this is a better buffet than Fallout 4, which was kind of a shitty buffet because what was on which offer. Is part, which is part of, I think I. <laughs> I think I like wrote when the reviews are coming out and you two were a little cooler on yeah. it relative to like I think a general reception and I am not specifically imbuing this onto anyone in particular I was just like I, th- I think I just generally said like I wonder if there's sort of like a one to two two and a half point like on like a ten point <sighs> scale increase on a game like this arbitrarily just because I think for a lot of people who like this who who would like have the warm blanket feeling of this type of game. Largely don't consider Fallout 4 to have been one of those games. I know that game was very successful. I know there are people who do yeah, like it. Yeah. Um, even awesome. Yeah, I like it more, than, like it than, more than, than, than most. But, like, I considered it to be, like, a complete misfire. Like, didn't finish the game. Like, set it down after 40 hours of, like, desperation to find anything to latch onto that I couldn't do. And I put in 150 hours into <laughs> three, all right? the previous, yeah, like, yeah, Bethesda yeah. ones. Like, I was, I was ready. And, like, Damn. somehow that game didn't land for me at all and so i think for a lot of people like this game is like ah like it's it's closer to that and so like on some level i'm like i almost wonder you know just idly speculating haven't played this game was like is it because it's it's more in line with what people wanted from that game and it's been so long that you're just excited to have something like that back in your life would you totally absolutely around something like that which is that's there's nothing wrong with that people like like yes. things that are just like good enough that are a thing you like. There is nothing wrong with that. Not everything has to be like a, a brand new idea or it can push it boundaries in smaller ways that are whatever. Like it is. Oh, I want to make it clear that like someone that plays like a lot of like iterative games that like don't do a lot from <laughs> game to game. I played Dark Souls three. That's one of those. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's fine sometimes to just get something that's like. I like this thing. It's more of that thing. Scratching that itch. Dressed up a little differently. Totally. I, I, for me, it's like I like to do that and also recognize that I'm doing that, right? Like I know mm-hmm. that part of my response to this is that uh, Fallout 4 was 2015. Mass Effect Andromeda was 2017, early 2017. <laughs> I forgot. Ooh. That's not even – yeah, like totally. even that one was a <laughs> – Totally. Um, uh, so it's Anth- been a long-ass Anthem time since like scratch literally itch. even a competent one. Yes, yeah. and the reason I bring up the Bioware stuff here – uh, is because I do think that to some degree, one, I think this is definitely a response to Fallout 4 in scale, in terms of like, it is scaled back. There is no base building in this game. I I, I cut this from, from the piece I wrote earlier this Thank week. God. But like, there's no radiant AI. There's no, it is not trying to be a life sim. There is no, people aren't going on, like named NPCs aren't going to bed. They are standing mm-hmm. still. They are quest givers. <laughs> the person who's in the fucking security booth on the groundbreaker is going to be in the security booth forever. There yeah. is no bedroom for them to go back to. <laughs> it's like Borderlands 1 in that way. Like Characters are, are cardboard cutouts that stay where they are. They're not interacting with local wildlife. Grenades are not rolling down hills. There is not a systemic system. I mean, there is a there is a system of like reputation, but I haven't seen that play into anything other than getting a discount at a shop somewhere. Rob, I don't know if you've seen that stuff hit yet. Or I don't know if like opportunities open or close. I'm not in the end game yet. 
Um, but it, it that stuff is not like the the Fallout Four thing of like if you get your reputation high enough, you can call on people to come rescue you or come help you in a fight. You can call an airstrike. Like none of all that shit is just gone. In fact, because of the spaceship, uh, you know, one of the things I basically wrote is like there is no adding a gun to Fallout. Adding a gun to Oblivion, which is what people said about what Fallout 3 was going to be, actually had all these knock-on effects. It turns out when you add a gun to something, it actually dramatically changes the experience, <laughs> not just because you're shooting at things, but because you need systems to help support uh, the fact that you're shooting at things. You need crafting systems about guns. You need to think about the way accuracy feels. You need to build s- spaces to have gunfights into uh, or at, you know. Uh, there isn't anything like that really in Outer Worlds. Like, it is not – the spaceship isn't didn't add as much to this design as the gun did to Fallout 3. Um, but the one thing that it definitely does is it frees them up to go to different worlds instead of having one continuous – setting where like the change has to be incremental you be like well now i'm on this like desolate fucking asteroid that has like a dope you know blue black skybox and you know all of the all of the assets here just look different mm. i'm like playing an episode set on this asteroid now so to speak and now i'm on this planet where everything's a giant fucking mushroom and now i'm on a planet that's like in a ring world and now i'm in a space station um and that that change is is like pretty meaningful in terms of just like giving me a variety of places versus like the bland fallout four world, which until you get to like one part of that map is basically the same all the way through. Um, uh, so I do think that Patrick, you're right that it's like, it is one of those it's in response to fallout four. And it's terms of like scaling down from all of this, like layer on layer and layer of systems. And like the Bioware games, I think more than even previous elder scrolls things, it's way more interested in companion characters it's way more interested in like I know Fall Four had this stuff, but this stuff feels like tinker like tweaked with a little bit more or, or written in a way that I think um, uh, will land better. It's six companion characters, mm. each of them has their fucking deal, you know, and some of them are, are good despite. Are you cycling between them, you pick two or are you like you picking? Out. I'm rolling with a couple. Yeah, yeah you pick two okay. and go out each time, like Mass Effect or something like that, right? Um, and they, you know, they I, the stuff that I think is technically and like. The craft, like you know, in a, in a crafts like way, is really good. Is that like they interject in in conversations I don't expect them to interject into. So like, I took one of my mm. companions out drinking once, and uh, I came with another companion. And at a key moment, one of the one of my the other companions like spoke to the companion out drinking. Normally, you do a loyalty mission. What's in, in one of these games? You do like a companion mission. Everybody else shuts the fuck up. They may as well not even be there. Mm. Maybe they go, you know, well, that's a good idea. But in this one, it was like, oh, wow, like this is a person voicing a complaint about what's happening. This is a person saying they'll have our back. It's still fluff, but it's like, oh, wow, you understood that to help me conceptualize my crew, they should actually speak up. Right. I'm curious how you feel about your crew, given how you feel about everything else. Do you think that they stuck the landing on, on the crew members or are you or do you have like a favorite at this point? Um, I like I like your engineer. I yeah. like Kaylee, but, yeah, but that's because yeah. I like Kaylee. It's Kaylee. The best character they have is lifted from Firefly. It Wait. is like uh, her name's Parvati. Like, I was gonna about to say long, it's, it's actually it's Kaylee. It, yo, it is like very much Firefly Kaylee though. Rob is one hundred percent right, sure. and yet you like her. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's again it's a buffet. I enjoy. Oh yeah, they have one of those. Oh damn, <laughs> cocktail wieners. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah, totally. That is it for sure. Uh, I, I I like I like her. Um, they do I, some stuff with her story that I did not expect in terms of um, 
I'm just, I'll say this. Like, I don't think it's fun to treat like sexuality as a twist or a reveal, but uh, she is a queer woman and also an ace woman. Like she is not particularly interested in having sex. And like that has been a point of difficulty for her in her life. But her plot so far has been about like getting a big crush for on this, yeah. this uh, uh, kind of like ship captain slash mayor of a settlement. Um, and that stuff has been like, really good, like actually surprisingly competently done in terms of feeling written from a particular perspective. This is, but this is, I think one of the recurring frustrations I have with this game. You talked about this feeling of you can feel different designers or different writers working on a thing. And to me, there's also just such stark quality gradients. Like the problem is Futurama was funny. Yeah. A lot of the jokes in this are not that funny or they become or they cease to be funny by repetition. And there are characters who can swing for those fences and land in a place of like real pathos without necessarily so detracting from the heightened nature of this world. Uh and I think uh you know Parvati's a good example of that, right? Like her crush is funny as it unfolds like it's cute it's empathetic but also like when you read when she's like i need to look at these emails (laughs) like can you can you look at these because like i'm getting a weird vibe i think i think i ruined it already and you look at the emails and they're hilariously poorly written and uh it is very clear what is happening yeah 100 percent. yeah that stuff is is done really well uh but also the gap between the companion characters quality and then random NPC side quest giver uh, number 32 is so huge that it begins to the setting begins to break down a little bit for me because like here are the actors and here are the animatronics Mm. and that distinction is a little too clear in a few too many places for me, um, I was also really disappointed in my robot companion. Yeah, uh, Sam is not is not all. Sam's I want not to funny. Be. Yeah, I like. There's a degree. I'm like, are they doing a commentary on HK forty one eleven? What's what are HK's numbers in Kotor? Anyone besides me ever? No, I. It's like this is a boring robot. What they made is a robot who says only robot things. There's no weird twist. There's no like sarcastically blah 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 blah. blah. Like it's not. It's just mm-hmm. a robot who talks about cleaning things. <laughs> All the time. I don't know if there's going to be a quest that changes that, but right now, that robot is... Break him from break him from this paradigm. Totally. I mean, they have... Free him from these cleaning. They have the, the like, homicidal robot AI in, in the game as your ship, but you can't bring your ship with you. You should be able to put the ship's AI in that robot. Damn. Mm. What happens to Sam? I don't know. Sam's not a... Yeah. Sam is not a person. Like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Like, they have not but, written a character named yeah, Sam. Yeah. Sam is, like, <laughs> going into diagnostic cleaning mode 70, acid spray, brat, or whatever. That's, <laughs> that's the like, joke. But, again, that was maybe better than anything Sam has said. And it will do that. Yeah. Yeah. It will do that. And then the other characters will be like, Sam, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it's like. I mean, I agree. I agree. But, but is this a successful companion <laughs> design? Yeah, We're no, like, no. When, when you turn, he doesn't the, have a mute button. Uh, not that I've seen. Not that I've seen. The, the mute button is to leave it aboard the ship. Yeah, yeah hundred percent. Don't, uh, don't bring yeah. Sam. Bring, bring the fucking yeah. the the cynical priest or the more cynical pirate slash medic instead. Um, yeah. Um, 
The other thing I think that does get me down a little bit about this is the systems don't really do much for me at all. Like this is a game with a fair amount of combat. Yeah. But I built a character that I pushed it as far as I could to be a character <laughs> basically incapable of fighting. I was like, look, I've played Obsidian games. Yeah. Like, you talk. you talk. You get more stuff if you talk. You, talk. you got the gift of gab. Yeah. You have a more interesting journey through that world. Mm. And they made the decision to, first of all, what dovetails very nicely with being a talker is that you can really buff up your companion yes. characters. That is actually maybe and the, I unlocked the best new thing in this game for me. Can you explain what that means? So your companions... If you like, you can have a suite of like leadership abilities, and I got I can't remember. It's like it's like determination, it's determination and it, is it just determination it might be leadership? leadership? Yeah, 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 yeah. And leadership uh, buffs up your companions' abilities, and as you put more points in these things, more tiers of that skill unlock, so the bonus gets sweeter, and you get that bonus. And that is like the big difference, right? Like think about you've played these games mm -hmm. before, Patrick, where you're like, mm -hmm. I'm trying to pick this lock. I'm not a good lock picker, but this fucking thief is in my party. Why can't you just open this right. thing for me? And in this, your leadership skill determines how much of their stat gets added to your stat. So, oh, that's good. And that's, that's just, that feels so who gives a shit about the realism? <laughs> give just let me open the fucking door. Yes, I guess I'm so. You know what? Sometimes I wonder who is this for. Now I don't have to wonder. It's us. It's not the best choice. It's Kirkland. <laughs> it's for Patrick. Wow. It's not the best choice. It's Kirkland choice. God damn. No. So like so. The thing is, so my character is mostly a talker, but through the leadership ability, my companion characters hit way, way harder. They right. do more damage, and then they also crit like crazy. Yeah. Then there's also perks in the game where I think there's a perk where you get to trigger the companion abilities. They have special abilities, and every time they say something, you would think it would get older than it does, but I swear to God, it, like... Every time Vicar Max, and by the way, you got to leave these people in their original clothes. Yeah, 100%. all right. The character models look so much better yeah. in their original clothes. Do not put Vicar Max in Some in armor. Janky fucking armor. Vic Let that motherfucker fucking rock. Let him drip. He's got that fucking <laughs> yeah. long like dress on. It's killer. He has like vestments that are just like robes that are just they're just like sheen. They're oh, he's good. good. Great. And that motherfucker got a shotgun. And so, like, <laughs> He's got a shotgun. So you hit his ability and he'll be like, I absolve you of your sins. And like, boom, like it's shotgun blast to the face. Bah. Or like, I'm ready to hear your confession. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and like, it's always, he always, for some reason, does a spin around with the shotgun. <laughs> He's so like, no matter the right direction. Because they do these interstitial, uh. like you trigger the ability. They do, it does a cutaway shot from a first person perspective to the character as they go into their motion. When they do that, they will break the laws of time and space <laughs> to execute their move. So Vicar Max might have been like behind where the fight was taking place. Yep. You ran ahead. But the minute you're like, Vicar Max, fuck that thing up. Vicar Max will materialize two <laughs> feet away from the target with his back to it with the shotgun sort of resting on his shoulder like a pickaxe after a long day of work. He'll unshoulder it, say his little bit, spin around and like unload and kill the thing. My ability. Then these abilities have a cooldown. Yeah. My perk. 
let gave me a pretty significant chance of once I fired one companion's ability to immediately refresh the other companion's <laughs> ability if it was on cooldown. Good. These are these are not like they're, they're not quite in, like ultimates in a MOBA, no, but they're, they're heavy up there. hits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so in a pretty short time, I hit a point where my character didn't do much damage themselves, but I was just going CVCV through combat <laughs> as my companions just wrecked house. Listen, you're more of a but, Picard than a Kirk. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get your hands dirty. You sent a war for that shit, you know? <laughs> To, to be fair, though, like I also felt like I probably still could have done it by myself, just using my weapons, even my crappy abilities, because you don't feel any less proficient with a gun, right? Like if you've got a really good gun, uh, you're probably going to do all right. It'll yeah. just be a lot more of a soak enemies with damage type combat. But there's a lot of this combat. I don't think it's particularly cool as much as I enjoy the goofiness. But then it's also doing the thing where you could also stealth your way in. Yeah. yeah. And that means effectively that everything has a side door a few feet away with a lock picking check. And so do you fight these guys in the front or maybe you're a sneaky character in which case you walk past these pretty non-aware enemies. Like they don't see shit, (laughs) but you can, you can basically walk up to a bandit camp and they're just like, Nope. Not yeah, my, more than once not I've my walked of awareness. into someone like, oh, shit, I didn't see you there. And they just don't see me then either. I, I'm going to go back in the grass. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah. So like that's the well, other the thing, thing is do, the alternate approach. For me, the problem like the problem with this design is like, oh, yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kill them all. Then I'm going to go do the lockpick check. So I get the XP for both. And that is <laughs> the maximum best efficient way to play this game is like do everything right like un- do otherwise you're missing out is on that, XP that's the other this does seem a bit uh gosh I don't like did Fallout work this way here you are steered toward use all your abilities because you get a bonus every time you use the oh, abilities yeah. so even if your instinct you're like as this character who I think I am in this conversation I would be like, go to hell, die. Yes. And I can say, go to hell, die and start a fight. Or. But then I can use my persuade ability. Uh-huh. And the persuade ability is, what if the corporation did less of a bad? Yes. <laughs> and you will get XP. I'd like for not using an, an, that ability. an insignificant amount of XP. Like you get solid XP from just using your speech abilities in, in speech or your hacking ability, whatever it is. You're totally right that like there is an incentivization towards uh, non, you know, low conflict resolution because to get that you use abilities, which gives you XP. Like that is, that is a, a, another kind of like game logic influencing what the the kind of outcome, the ideological outcome of the game is in some sense. Um, I don't think Fallout wor- previous Fallout games worked that way. Um, you may have gotten a bonus. No, if you used your ability, I don't think so. Like you persuade and you do it and you pass the check or whatever, and then yeah. it doesn't go like XP up. No, I guess not. Um, but I mean, I think no, that is no. so much of this game in a nutshell, which is like, to some degree, it reminds me of 
you know, the, you, we there was a period of time where every game became Peggle, and it was like, you get XP for everything. We're putting RPGs in games now. We feel good. You leveled up. This isn't a game that would traditionally have levels, but it does now. Don't talk shit about I Peggle. I love Peggle, but Peggle, every time you beat the game, every time you beat a level, it acts like you won the fucking lottery. Every time I beat a level in Peggle, yeah. it acts like I achieved something, and like I hit a button four times, and one of the times, it feels great. And so that's the thing here is like, this is that design of like, you damn right I got 55 in Persuade. That's right, fucking high. <laughs> Five me. I know oh. the reward should have been and it opened a new dialogue option, but really the reward was that twelve hundred XP I just got. I'll put that in my back pocket. I'm going shopping later. So <laughs> I was also just loaded up. I had the gift of gab, but also I was a little bit brainy. Yeah, of course. And so I, I had was just stumbled into that by mistake. So that I mean, exactly the thing. It's like I decided just to make a talky character. But then it's like, well, I want to hack into stuff. And the way the, the system works for the first 50 points you put. All right. So you make your character. You make your, your, your like, perception, strength, et cetera. That gives you starting stats in certain in all your skills. Then each of those skills is in a subcategory. is like, categorized. And for the first 50 points, you put points into the category, not the individual thing. So you don't put points into, into pistols, mm. long arms, and heavy weapons. You put points into guns. And and. For the first 50 points, yeah. you get points in all three of those. So by the middle of the game, you're like, yeah, I'm basically a, gu a gun god if that's what I want. A gun? I'm basically a gun <laughs> if that's what you want. Um, <laughs> turn Sam into a big gun. Uh, but no, right, Rob, the same thing happened to me where it's like, I guess I'm smart as shit because I wanted hacking, but now I'm also know all sorts of shit about science and engineering, which is not hacking. And but, medicine. And medicine. There was there was a point where I think I stumbled into a place where there were a lot of sick people, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, scrub me up. <laughs> like, because I was just here to get some XP. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know. It was just like, I just showed up. And this is how a lot of this game feels, by the way. Like, literally, there's there are some characters major characters where in their introductory like spiel then be like so what brings you here you can just be like yo you got any quests <laughs> straight up like it <laughs> I'm can, trying to do, it I'm can trying to literally be like jobs we're here and the corp is killing us and like we're desperate and we're like <laughs> clinging on to life by the by by, by our slowly scraping away fingernails and you can be like cool so you got quests, right? <laughs> so you got, uh, I can get some I'm of that ready XP. To so I'm a protagonist, uh, which means <laughs> where's your quest board at? I'm here to talk to people. Like there's places where they disguise it a little more effectively, yes. where like you sort of talk your way in and around and up to what the quest is going to be. But there's places where you can just be like, so uh, you want these marauders dealt with or what? <laughs> How much XP you going to give? How much XP you going to give give me for it, chief? It's a hundred percent on some level. It just feels like maybe that's being more nakedly honest about what people want from these games anyway, sometimes, right? Like, yeah, I guess you could dress it up better, but at the same time, like what do a lot of people want is just like, I want a giant quest yes. log and I want to go do those. 100%. Quests. And so like the idea that it's just like, you could go to a, a character and be like, Put it up. Let's go. What do you, you uh, need? Ding, ding, you ding, kill ding. Some fucking pigs. Dun, dun. What, what, does it have? Does it have a signature sound effect like a Fallout, or oh, every time you get like you, a quest at it, oh, it gives you? Does it? When you level up, it does. There's like a there's like a 
a sound for that. A chime. It's like yeah, a, it's like a, like a musical, a, almost a lyrical, like a chord. Yeah. or something like that. That sounded way more. <laughs> and you'll hear it a lot because you'll just be doing you'll shit. Boom, you'll boom, be like, boom. it's like holy shit, you found a vending machine. High oh, that's five. right. You get boom. XP. For, yeah, this is you get XP for finding vending machines, finding like workbenches, for finding. There's like alter. Why? Because you found it. Motherfucker. But what does it say? How is it presented? Fucking vending machine. Here's 375 XP found, for yeah. vending machine. Vending machine found That's plus 375 XP. It's wow. actually more than that. Rob is wow. underselling. I've gotten thousands of XP for finding shit like this <laughs> in, the, in the environment. Uh, listen, they want to encourage I, I, you to explore. I don't know. You know what? I sure. think I think what people should do if they want to fix the 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 world they're in in this world is open up a single one of those vending machines and take all the money out because it has infinite money in there. <laughs> you, I, I could sell any vending machine anything as much as I want and it'll pay me out. So I think. Oh, that, and believe me, you're gonna have to sell shit to that oh, vending machine. A nightmare because this game gives you so much shit. I, you know me, you know. You know, <laughs> love to I love to Hoover. I love Absolutely. I love encumbrance. I'm the encumbrance boy. It's me. <laughs> I like to fucking. I like inventory Tetris. You don't even need to give me the Tetris. You can just give me a list and be like, well, what's the most expensive but lowest weight thing? I, I like figuring that shit out in these games. I prefer the Tetris. Yeah. I prefer I like the Tetris. The Resident I prefer Evil the Tetris. Model Resident of like Evil's flipping things cat. around. That's so much, but I'm yeah. like, I'm the motherfucker yeah. who's like, well, okay, well, this this battle axe is dope because it's a battle axe. I can put that on my wall, but it's thirty pounds, and this wheel of it's only worth the same as this wheel of cheese, and the wheel of cheese is only two pounds. Drop that axe to the ground. I'm trying to maximize, and that makes sense. Wait, but how how far how far have you gone? With the encumbrance, oh, very far, Patrick. Though, though, this game. So again, this game is like one of the first perks you can get is fast travel with encumbrance. Straight up, it's like Hell if you're yeah. encumbered, you want to fast. I love it. Totally. I love it. This is what I'm saying. Like, do you want built. your companions to carry more shit? Yes, we can I fucking do, that. do. They can carry Stop. so much. Getting that, getting that perk where my encumbrance top drop, drop, uh, jump from 120 to 185 because I because my two companions can carry more now. It was great. It was like, oh, hell yeah, I can carry more. And to your point, the, the problem is, for me, the problem is actually isn't the encumbrance stuff here. It's the fact that you have just too much shit. Like, you're healing. Oh, my God, the consumables, Rob. There are... All right, so... Let's say that there are 12 types of consumable. There's ones that heal you straight up. There's ones that give you increased, like, regeneration over time. There's ones that give you uh, more health, like, maximum. How long did it take you to clock what was happening? Uh, not that fucking long, honestly, because I was like, okay, well, I'm going to... Okay, so, hmm. So, to use consumables in this game, you have an inhaler. You just put shit in the inhaler. You unlock, as your medicine goes up, you can put more things into slots in the inhaler. So, like, I always just have the heal me thing in the inhaler, and then in slot two, I have something that like, gives me bonus health on top of my maximum health. Eventually, I realized there are 15 different types of buff that you can have. Again, it's like the stuff I said around health. Maybe there's something that gives you more tactical time dilation, which is like the VATS equivalent in here. There's stuff that gives you like better mental stats, but worse physical stats, like that sort of stuff. But for each one of those things, there's one per brand, plus maybe some organic shit that gives you that bonus. <laughs> so that means that even though there's only whatever, I, I, said, I guessed at 15 types of buff item, there are like five different slot things that will take up an individual slot in your inventory. So you're going to have Spacer's Choice branded coffee. You're going to have Auntie Cleo Cola. You're going to have uh, some banana that does that naturally. You're going to have the Monarch Space Industries version of it. You're going to like it, it just 
they're, and they're all in your fucking inventory and they don't stack in a way that lets you clean them clean them up. And also, you never need to use any of them because on normal, you're never in trouble. The only time I ever use Dude, any of I'm, these- I cranked it up to hard. Yeah, still, still not have not encountered okay. trouble because Max has got a shotgun. What do Max I do? Max has got a fucking shotgun. That motherfucker's gonna spin around and, and drop you. Like, <laughs> god damn. Um, the the thing that the only stuff I use in there is like if I'm three points away from a hack, and I'm like, well, I guess I gotta fucking inject this into me, get my mind right before I open up this computer terminal, and that is it. Otherwise, I like go in there and just empty it out at the end of every planet. Like, like I have a fucking Santa sack filled with from like I like I went to a CVS with a Santa sack. I was like, put it all in here, just drop it all in. I'm not, you leave the register alone. Give me the Sudafed, and then I and then I go to a vending machine at the end of my trip. And I like open up, motherfucker, open it, blot, drop everything inside, and it gives me a check. <laughs> it's like if Redbox was a pawn shop. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. And like. Again, I like inventory management shit in games when they like not quote unquote when it's done well, which means a subcategory of when you can ignore it. I mean, I like it when it is the thing it is in other Fallout games and in other Elder Scrolls games. Um, I am that person. There are examples of things I don't like. I think Mass Effect One's inventory system is trash. Like, I'm not saying there's I don't have any I don't draw any lines, but this is just like a nightmare for a bit. Also, the item comparison thing in this game. Rob, is my game broken? Why can't when I mouse o- when I mouse over a weapon? Why does it not just and I or I hit the item? Hmm. The way this works in this game is you select a thing to be your item comparison check. Like this is the thing yes, check that I it, want. Check like this is the thing I'm checking everything else against. Yes. Yeah, so you have to go in and be like, I want this pistol to be the sort of like the legend by which everything else is compared. Mm-hmm. And you have to set that and then go to every other option, every other w- weapon you have and compare it. Instead of it being a thing where you hit compare and then like bumper through different options to show the different things or whatever. Like you have to just go in and set what you're comparing against every time. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's like, and uh, it is not it for a game that has done so much in terms of streamlining and be like, well, we don't fucking need radiant AI. We don't need you to be able to like farm in in this game, which, by the way, is like I, I'm I do think it makes sense to not have that stuff in this game uh, because I think it would have been like just way out of scale and not in line with what the pure the core fantasy is. Um, but one of the core fantasies for me that uh, shouldn't be here is this type of inventory management and this type of like comparison, like. I'm playing a cool space pirate slash captain. Han Solo was not kicking down doors and picking up bananas from every (laughs) shelf thing, right? Like I wasn't that that isn't part of the fantasy of what this character is. And yet it's here because it is what people want from this game, from this series, right? Or from this this style of game is go including me going into a room and picking everything up. It's just that those games actually got better, did get better over time at turning that into something I cared about. Like, I, I don't... Fallout 4 is my least favorite of the, that series of games. But by the end, if I picked up a bunch of fucking broken light bulbs and alarm clocks and copper wire and all that shit, there was a button I could hit back at, at base where it was like, turn all that shit into crafting materials, kind of genericize that shit for me, mm-hmm. and then I can use it to craft a new scope. And that makes sense in the world of Fallout where I'm a weird wasteland survivor trying to like pick through trash. But as Han Solo, space, as, I almost said space Han Solo, unlike regular Han Solo. <laughs> as Han Solo, I'm not like trying to steal... 
toy rocket ships. Except I am because it's there, and that's yeah. the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's also easier than ever to steal. There's no fencing. No one is ever like, wait a second, you stole that from upstairs. Now you're selling well, it back to me. This was the thing. It's like the reputation thing you would think would fire around the stealing stuff, but then the game's like, well, if people see you steal, but they can't see you steal. Or do you like, know what happens when they do? They run up to you and they go, hey, were you stealing? And you go, persuade 35, motherfucker. You damn right I was. You can leave me alone. XP bonus. Oh. Also, that's another stealth see, skill you develop from this. Is, um, like face camo it's cool because like you go into a zone oh i forgot your companion this. characters immediately don the appropriate uniform of that zone so that they're like if you're like you're disguised as cops everyone will appear as cops yeah uh but it's your companion characters they're just wearing the cop uniforms but you get a limited amount of time to be existing in this forbidden zone but then once the timer runs out you're sort of revealed and someone's like hey what are you doing back there? <laughs> if your persuasion skill is high, you can just be like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm just here to check inventory. And people are like, sounds good. See you later. I did not realize And then this. it refreshes the full bar. Wow. And you're told you've got like two or three more times that happens. You've got like oh. two or three more refreshes left in you. Like there's more charges in your stealth thing. Wow. So. Once you've upped your uh, persuasion abilities or your lying ability, one of them, yeah. Uh, Once you've upped those abilities, you're basically also an impervious stealth machine. That mechanic only showed up once for me so far in like a hospital and never again, never in a Marauder base, never in a like a corporate, uh, you know, uh, enclave. I'm sure it will show back up again, but I'd forgotten it existed because it only existed briefly yeah. for 30 seconds. I forgot the weapon ago. degradation. Exists. Yeah, that exists. Yeah. Like, yeah. Weapons degrade and need to be repaired, but then you go to a workbench yeah. that yeah. you found for several hundred experience. Yes. You go to a workbench and it's like five bucks. Yeah. Hey, can you repair this, please? Thank you. The um, all of it. All of it, thanks. The 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 other thing on like the itemization stuff that bugged me, and we should wrap because now we're just going and going and going. We should move on. Um, is that you hit a point in the game where Mark II items start showing up, and you realize that like one of the ways that this game was restrained by budget, presumably, and and kind of scoping, was that they were not going to make unique items for every tier of the game's leveling system, and so like. Oh, light assault rifle Mark II. This is just straight up the same model. I think it's the same model, but better damage than light assault rifle regular. Uh, oh, this is a you know uh, revolver, you know a high impact revolver or whatever. It's the same model. It's just better. And my hope is that maybe there's a third tier where there's actually different stuff at some point, but I don't have high hopes for that. And like, that's a tiny thing. Um, and I'm doing my best to find the joy in ch- in trying weapons in the Mark II tier that I just ignored in the Mark I tier. But that's a lot of like, ah, damn, I really wanted there to be cooler, different space weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I like a lot of those weapon designs. Like, I think that they hit the right the the right blend of like sci-fi shit and like not even space western. Because there's just like an AK-47 with unique engraving on it is their like heavy assault rifle. But I like that design stuff. They have found the sort of like um, uh, modernist vibe that that kind of goes along with some of the the kind of core 
design aesthetic of the game, um, which is interesting. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to wrap it up. Like I hear it's not that that long, um, and so I might just like go heavy on it over the weekend. Um, because I'm enjoy I am enjoying myself in that blanket way, right? I, I think Patrick, you would actually yeah. probably get a yeah, lot. I'm, I'm psyched. I am. Like, I am so excited to get into it when it. When Rob it is shaking on. his head or like kind of rubbing his brow. What? It doesn't all have to be. No, I, I, so, I don't so, know. It's, yeah, yeah. I guess I'll load up some more Breakpoint. <laughs> Waypoint down outer worlds up on Breakpoint. Okay. Persuasion passed. I significantly XP. preferred my time with Breakpoint. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> we should Interesting. I'm sure the, I'm sure the multiplayer services services are they're very popular. Ubisoft did not just put out guided saying the game bombed. Definitely didn't. God, did that happen? Did that game bomb? Yeah, mm. yeah, it bombed. So it goes. Uh, we should take a break. We should come back and talk about other stuff besides Outer Worlds and Breakpoint. <laughs> talk about the games we're not going to play. A for. sharp downward revision <laughs> in the revenue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we will be right back. Ooh. Except for Rob Zachney's review. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we're back. Uh, what else is going on right now? What are, what are we? What else is popping? Delays. Pop. Oh, delays. Wait, well, yeah. What? T- yeah. Catch me up on these news. On this new shit. Uh, yeah. So there was a a, a tweet going around yesterday from yes. an analyst. Um, it was basically like some surprising news coming about a Sony first party. Yeah. Um, and then I uh, got in touch with uh, like one of my like best sources and was like, "What's up? Like, any idea?" Uh, they're like, no, no, no clue. Haven't heard anything. And, uh, uh, and they, I was specifically was like, well, the most thing that makes the most sense, even though it'd be weird, given that they literally just held an event and yep. literally just announced a release date would be, uh, Last of Us 2. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like that's, that's, yeah. Like mm, the, the way like release dates are working at Sony these days, like, that's probably pretty locked down. <laughs> and then immediately this morning, <sighs> Jason Schreier with a, a report that it's uh, uh, getting delayed. And then uh, a few minutes after that, Sony put out a blog from Neil Druckmann that said that it's uh, being pushed to to May. I think sometime in mid-May or something like that. I don't have the, the date off the top of my – oh, actually, I actually have it right here. Uh, May – oh, maybe not. Just next – May 29th. So the May 29th. End, like literally like – Right, right before, before E3. E3, when everyone's going to start talking about um, next gen stuff, um, yeah. uh, it's just in, like a, a Naughty Dog delay. Not surprising. A Naughty Dog delay that happened at, in a window where they probably already sh- like had eaten the delay. Like you, that game's not coming out. Like it, Naughty Dog delays their games all the time. It's by like three months. Like they yeah. have a long pattern of doing this. 
And it usually means it slips out of like the end of the year into early next or February to an April. So like in practice, this doesn't, isn't all that surprising. What's surprising is that they waited all the way to, what do they call it? Not emergence day. Uh, uh, outbreak day outbreak was like day. The, 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 the canonical day that like things happen in the game was when they held their event where they let press play mm-hmm. the game and then announce the release date for February. Um, and, uh, yeah, then you would have think they already Pushed. kind of built that in. But, like, what happened in the last month? I mean, their explanation is polish, 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 which is in line with how they usually characterize um, their delays. But uh, I, I, would, I would qualify that as, like, fairly uh, surprising that it happened that late in the game. But um, given how big that game is supposed to be, from what I understand, not not super surprised. It's supposed to be a very long game. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, yeah uh, and then like right on the back of that, uh, Ubisoft had their quarterly results or uh, yearly results. Um, I'm not sure which, but basically uh, Watch Dogs 3 delayed into the next fiscal year, which means anywhere between April of next year and next March. My guess is it's just next spring, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, like Last of Us, um, which means it now joins Cyberpunk. Also a prime candidate. Still don't believe that game is uh, coming out when they say it is. I can see what I can see Cyberpunk. <laughs> what are they the saying? They're saying March is that or April? Yeah, Jeez. Uh, I can't remember. But that game seems like a prime summer game if they wanted yeah. to move out of the way of things. Um, uh, Gods and Monsters, a game that like we've seen like barely anything of, but what Ubisoft has characterized as like like their riff on Breath of the Wild to yeah. some degree. That's huh. been pushed. Um, out of the fiscal year into the next. Um, and they characterized the Division Two and Breakpoint basically as like commercial failures. Um, wow. Damn. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, not that it felt like those things were unstoppable, um, but the Ubisoft like question, the question mark of like, are Ubisoft games going to hit the market is really hard, has been really hard to predict because there have been so many games that they put out where I've been like, oh, this sucks. And then... And then it's a huge hit. It's a, <laughs> it's a huge hit with a long tail, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and stuff, Which may still be uh, the I, case with yes. both those games. Yep. Like, Ubisoft at this point deserves the benefit of the doubt that they will find ways to, if not turn it into... Get the good word out. Yeah, well, what was the, the, I forget, the Viking game that, like, was a, uh, For Honor. Like, that right. game was a, a nightmare <laughs> like, at launch, and, uh, it's, whatever, uh, and, uh, <laughs> th- they turned that game around, you know, Rainbow Six, like, th- th- I don't know what their plans are for either of these, I don't know, like, when they characterize it as, like, a disappointment, like, what does that mean, yeah. um, relative to, like, what does a disappointment mean to Ubisoft, like, I don't, uh, know, um, oh, they also delayed... Rainbow Six Quarantine and Roller Champions. Um, so those are both that makes sense. out uh, past March. Um, they also said uh, they have two unknown AAA games um, that have not been announced that will uh, hmm. launch between April 1st uh, and March 31st. April 1st, 2020 and March 31st, 2021. So like Ubisoft has a – they have a long history of like, yo, next gen. We're going to punch it in the mm-hmm. mouth with something mm-hmm. that is like – and I think this gen, I I fully expect this generation specifically to have more, con, like complete like full games than we are used to having at launch. At we launch, started moving yeah. away from that with PS4 and Xbox One, um, but I think with the PS5 and whatever they call the Xbox is going to have more games that just feel like they've been more baked, more cooked than than we than they were used to in the past. And it sounds like they're going to have uh, at least one of those. Um, the breakpoint quote is super interesting. I don't know if you did you see this. Mm-hmm. This like. Um, 
Uh, for Ghost Recon Breakpoint, well, this is a little long, but I'm going to read the whole thing. For Ghost Recon Breakpoint, while the game's quality appeared on track based on E3, Gamescom uh, previews, and our and our internal playtests, critical reception and sales of the game's first weeks were very disappointing. As we've done with past titles, we will continue to support the game and listen to the community in order to deliver the necessary improvements. At this stage, we have identified three main reasons behind this underperformance. First, huh. it's it's harder to generate interest for a sequel to a live multiplayer game when, pr- when prior True. iterations benefited from years of optimization. Consequently, we need to make sure there is more time between each iteration of live games, which is like, yeah, break. people are still playing Wildlands. The Wildlands community is still popping. They were not ready to move on to Breakpoint. Second... Even, so that would seem even truer of Division. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, second, our strategy of introducing gameplay innovations in our games has had a very positive impact on our brands. However, to win over players, these innovations need to be perfectly implemented in order to offer an optimal experience. This has not yet been sufficient. This has not yet sufficiently been the case with Ghost Recon Breakpoint. While the changes of the formula have been very well received by some players, with an average daily playtime per player of over three hours, it also has been strongly rejected by a significant portion of the community. They're like, the people just aren't on our, our next level shit. We just gotta we gotta dumb it down. That's what they're saying. <laughs> Um, I do think that I do think it's that interesting, is, huh. especially with with Watch Dogs Legion coming out, where they're if they are being like, oh, we got to be a little more conservative in design, or we have to make sure that this is like seamless. Mm. Something that is like so weird as Legion could get could get hammered. Um, mm. Finally, I wonder if, I wonder if that, that it's more like finding like a uh, like when I joked about like find the white guy to put on the cover. Yeah, I, yeah it's yeah. like how do you project? the hero fantasy even if what you end up doing in the game is like not that but you need a way to like get people in in the door and i yeah. and i wonder if like they're going to try and find some way which is like some games that don't have a main character like right mass effect right like they just pick like <clears throat> they just put the dude on the front right like yeah, yeah, i wonder yeah. if watchdogs at some point like picks a hero character as part of the marketing even yeah. if in the game itself um, or do they make you it so you, everyone gets the same lead for the or first? Or you start or, with you yeah, start yeah, yeah. with a lead, and then the game transitions to the, and then like, they kill that uh, motherfucker in the first hour. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then that's when like boom, like the reveal happens of like what you're doing in the game. Right. Finally, Ghost Recon Breakpoint did not come in with enough differentiation factors, which prevented the game's intrinsic qualities from standing out. That's a sentence. That's probably true, right? Like if you put up though, if you looked at those games yeah. side by side, could you could you meaningfully have pulled pulled them apart if you weren't like paying attention like we were? Like I don't know that you could. And Rainbow Six hasn't gotten a sequel for a reason. Like yeah, the totally. sequel that they're doing is a spin-off that is like PVE as opposed to PVP. Right. And I think maybe that's probably the lesson they're learning with Ghost Recon is that if they were going to do something a sequel, it needed to be like so tangentially different or like 10 years late. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm I, like, those are surprisingly interesting and honest insights about the yeah. game. We don't, you don't usually hear a company even say shit like that about like why it didn't perform. And like, those all make sense in immediate hindsight for why a game like that might underperform out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Um, shout outs, by the way, to Daniel, Daniel Ahmad, uh, Juge EX on Twitter for, for doing the breakdown of these, uh, of these he was also the analyst calls. that yes. did the original, um, uh, tweet about, uh, that sent everyone to a tizzy about last of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Oh, wow. Wait, Watch Dogs Legion and Gods and Monsters, this is new, will be released between July 1st, 2020 and December 31st, 2020. So they're getting, like, booted, booted. They're, like, next fall. I bet uh, Watch Dogs takes, of like, that August-September yeah. slot. Like, yeah. wants to be a game that slides in to be, like, a like people are looking for something before next gen. They'll get next yep. gen patches that like, you know, like bump up the quality. You'll be able to, someone brought this up, uh, as we were uh, talking about last of us and things like, like it was, a, it was a, it was very trendy in the jump to PS3 and PS4 specifically to like last of us uncharted, like do re-releases in yes. which you pay for these next gen upgrades and that you're not gonna, I mean, I, I won't put it past anyone. They're like, I think you're going to you're not going to be able to charge twice for Last of Us 2. Like if you buy no. Last of Us on PS4 and play it, you're going to have to put out whatever those optimizations are as oh, a free yeah. patch on PS5. Now that's different than let's say Bluepoint doing a Demon Souls remaster in which like considerable work is done to like to like repackage this and like rethink what it is and how it's presented. If if that theory, if I keep saying that, that's what it is, then you know, we'll get there. Um Go ahead. That equation also changes if the PS5 is as backwards compatible as people say it might be, right? Yeah, some guy on a podcast mentioned yeah, that right? it got written up. <laughs> no. So that's no, but even like one generation back, right? Like yeah, 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 if, if you're yeah. releasing, no, 100%. right? Like yes. if you're releasing that on such a cusp, many, many people might just buy it and play it on their new PS5, right? Like yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, other like 2020 game news, uh, Rob. We we hit it very briefly, but Crusader Kings three was announced at Paradox at, at PDXCon, which is a game I'm excited about. Like I know we kind of like slid right past that, but Crusader Kings two all time great game that I f- fell off of because they kept adding expansions that I could not keep up with. Um, but free to play right now. Uh, the base game, base game? CK two yeah. is free to play. I think permanently. Nice on Steam. Like it has like the free to play banner and shit. People should play Crusader Kings uh, two. It's it's very good. Uh, what what did they show and talk about with Crusader Kings three? So Crusader Kings 3 is in a really interesting place and it's kind of relevant to what we were just talking about because right out of the gate, some of the reception, when I talked about it on Twitter, uh, a lot of reaction to the announcement of Crusader Kings 3 was this, I have a game with years and years of expansions behind it. CK2 has so much stuff in it now. What is a 1.0 version of a sequel going to look like? What could it possibly give me that will not uh, in some way detract value from what I already have? And I think that's going to be a that is going to be a tough selling point. You're going to have to do a lot of convincing uh, to pull people off of CK2. A lot of their changes with CK3 are what I would kind of call quality of life. Uh, Some making it more approachable. Just as an example, uh, uh, like, okay, here's a, re- here's a really small thing. Crusader Kings, every character is represented by a tiny little 2D portrait. With Crusader Kings 3, they're like, hell with it. Let's make 3D animated models of all these characters. 
and they will sort of emote on the screen and they will have uh, like they, they will have distinctive appearances. It, like theoretically, it's a little more modular than the portrait gallery that uh, CK2 was pulling from. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's even going to be trying to do things a little bit like uh, family members will faintly resemble each other. And so you'll be like, ah, that looks they, that person that, you know, that looks uh-huh. a little bit like uh, Lord Fauntleroy's uh, line or something like that. So just a little more recognizability in terms of who you're dealing with, a little more differentiation, plus them emoting and sort of expressing their character traits could make it a little easier to tell at a glance what sort of person you're dealing with and what their current status is, uh, as opposed to the CK2 thing where CK2 did a really complicated thing well, which was like unpacking the connections, social and um, familial between characters, but involved a lot of mousing over lots of little icons and hovering and and waiting for the tooltip to pop up and a lot of tracing these connections back and forth. It looks like CK3 might make that a little uh, less of a lift for you as, as you play it. Similarly, Austin, you'll remember this. Uh, CK2, not every titled land appeared on the map yeah. as a distinct territory. And that's a weird thing. That, that was a weird abstraction for a game where 95% of the time you are staring at a map. And yet there would be certain titles you would create. You'd be like, oh, you'll be the uh, baron of, of, of so-and-so. But that barony would be so small that it wouldn't be a territory on the map. So it became kind of this abstracted idea here. Just about everything is represented on the map. And so you have a much more one-to-one connection between this person is the feudal Lord of this tiny little town. That tiny little town is its own distinct territory on the map. If this person turns against you, it won't be troops appearing out of the ether as rebels. It will be a rebellion starting in this one particular place. Mm -hmm. And that is a small thing, but it's a really meaningful thing in terms of ease of readability and connecting what you are interacting with in Crusader Kings to what is happening in the politics of its world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nevertheless, these are like for me these are these are big things because they are quality of life improvements. They reduce the friction that I associated with a lot of Crusader Kings 3, uh, Crusader Kings 2. They aren't necessarily huge features. They do have a couple big features, which is this idea of you are building So, if you haven't played Crusader Kings 2, uh, basically, you don't control a country. You control one person. You control whoever is the head of your family at that particular moment. And when that character dies, you become your your successor. Uh, so this being the feudal period, usually that means father to son to from father to son. You can also play around with succession order. You can change play around with succession law to maybe make it so that you can you know, have a daughter inherit and become the head of the family. Uh, you can have it so that you can sort of game the system so that you can maybe transition out of, if you sit there and you, you hate all your sons, basically, if you've got a lion in winter situation, <laughs> yeah, you can be like, Oh, I need to get rid of these little fuckers. Cause actually, uh, my, 
my brother's kid, uh, my nephew, that guy kicks ass. So how can I arrange it so he can inherit? Um, that's kind of how the game would work. That is whoever was the head of the family at that moment, you were controlling your dynasty through that with CK three. What they've done is lean into that and each character you control can kind of spec different, like they can choose a character class and perks that they develop through life. Um, and so you can create, like, you can go down, for instance, a learning track where your character becomes increasingly scholastic and gets buffs and bonuses associated with that, but doesn't get any buffs, for instance, when it comes to leading an army. So if you're a bookish, uh, you know, if you're a bookish recluse in CK3, you'll have a lot of bonuses to knowing a lot about different things. Maybe you'll be a better governor. But when it comes time to swing a sword, you're probably not going to be good at that. The other interesting element that they're adding is this idea that you have a dynasty. And really your character is a lineage, not just one character. And that unlocks over time with a resource called Renown. Basically, as you do big things in the game, you gain Renown. You can do that to unlock bonuses for your family lines. You can be like... You know, I'm House Walker, and in right. House Walker, uh, we are good stewards of the land. And that, and that stuff, means that, yeah. yeah, so that means that you still have the usual variance as you can still get a lemon as far as an air goes, but it does mean that just by virtue of having developed your line to that point, you will probably still have bonuses when it comes to governing a territory because like the idea being that your dynasty is just really good at this stuff. There's an, there's sort of an infrastructure around it. Um, and obviously you are rewarded for specializing. So if you get, if you try to pull from one of each tree, you're not going to get great bonuses, but in the late game, if all you've done is specialize in military glory, the odds of you having great, badass generals at the end of the game is pretty high. So that's that's the stuff they're that's the big stuff they're kind of adding. They're giving you nice fat buttons to click. They're they're giving you ways to express like this is who I am. This is right. what I want to do next in this game. Which CK2 What's interesting is how successful that game was without giving you really many ways to do that, right? You you had to let the world spin and you would have inflected events. And things you would have put in motion would eventually happen. But very rarely could you just click a button and be like, be a better war, war commander. <laughs> right. You couldn't, That's you not couldn't how just do that. At all. Even with just like technology, even with just like, like everything, one, took a long time. And there was a lot of just like, hey, what if, what if we did this? Could we work towards this in this general direction? And you kind of hope that things go in that, in that way. So yeah, I could really imagine that. The, the fandom of CK2 pushing back on something that streamlines and gives you even more control, you know? We, we just had that interview with um, Johan Anderson on, on right. the feed where he talks about why Imperator, uh, which was the Rome strategy game, was kind of rejected by, by the community. And Johan's kind of answer was that he put in those exact systems, those exact ways to streamline right. and uh, create buttons that would have an effect in the world. And, you know, his diagnosis is he just didn't connect them well enough to the design. It wasn't the idea itself that was inherently bad, but the the buttons you were pressing 
didn't feel like they made sense relative to their impact in the game world. I'm curious how this is received uh, by CK players, right? Like there might be people who hate the idea that you can just say, uh, you know, my feudal lord is going to, uh, you know, hit the gym this week and become a brawnier uh, feudal lord. They might, they might not like that, but that's the direction they're going with CK3. Yeah, I'm really curious about it. I, you know, uh, it has been way too long since I played one of those games. And so for me, I, the idea of it being a lot more like user friendly and uh, approachable uh, is really attractive, even though when I think about what I like a lot about uh, those games, it is the complexity. It is the like, once I get past these hurdles, the stuff that these games generate is unlike anything else. So. Um, yeah, staying mostly hopeful, uh, but we'll see. Anyone else want to touch on anything? Kato, are you still playing Final Fantasy? Yeah. How's yeah. that going for you? Uh, Kato's playing Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen with me now, Rob. Not with me, but yeah. also. At the same time. Yes. Different different areas. Yeah. Already off Destiny? No, I'm still playing that. What are you talking about? It's the MMO minute. Come on. <laughs> I'm always going to be playing Destiny. You can just baseline assume I've played Destiny every right. single day. You'll of just my tag life, us when know? it's important yeah. when something happens. Yeah. I mean, there's a portal. They're building a portal We're in Destiny. Building a portal in Destiny. Yeah. To where? Uh, we don't know. Don't build Pers- a portal if you don't know where it goes. There's a portal behind Ikora that's being built. It gets bigger. Who's every building week. it? Uh, Ikora. What's she building it to? Some Vex shit. Someone should ask her heaven. where she's... Heaven. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Find and kill God. Yeah. Finally, it's a JRPG. Um, <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, actually the JRPG we're playing. Right. Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm hitting now, finally, uh, people that are that were in the story. I, I, I've met Alpha now. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Nice. Um, and it's very funny hearing your reaction to him being... A little shit a bag, little, a horrible little shit bag. Because yeah. he, at this point, he is not a horrible little shit bag. He's yeah. actually got some good ideas about like people and uh, power structures. I am already like, what? deeply concerned. <laughs> no, I bet, I bet. Like, I, the, last I heard, guy's a horrible little shit bag. Kato. A week later, you know he's got some good ideas. <laughs> no, but he no listen. He, here's he's two hundred hours away from me right yeah, now. Yeah, I use Kato's, a... yeah. Kato did a jump ahead to play the most recent expansion, which is written by different people. Uh, just as a note, people have been asking like, why are you sticking with this? And the answer is because my understanding is the writing team changes dramatically right. over these expansions. Yeah, uh, and gets to like the best final f- people. People who love this game are like it's the best Final Fantasy game ever made. Right, uh, and I haven't seen that shit yet. But I am. What's interesting is I switched classes. I became a red mage, mm. and that stuff is is from the next expansion, mm. not from the base game. And that stuff, that like the red mage quests, absolutely feel like a different person wrote, like a right. comp- like a different a team with a different goal wrote it. Obviously, a different person probably wrote it, but also like, oh, this is giving me like interesting political co- con- uh, context for like what happened in this revolution in right. this in this nation. Like already immediately, like oh wow, this stuff is way more interesting than collect the six crystals of whatever. Right. I'm sure there's more crystals to come. I know I'm going to collect crystals there's as a fucking Final Chris- Fantasy game. Uh, <laughs> I met God. I, I met God. I, I met God. I met God in this Final Fantasy game. Yeah. She's a big crystal. <laughs> She's like a glacier crystal. There's like a crystal in every town. Yes. To teleport to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, crystals are important. The thing I, I didn't know 
because I had to play this game and no one really told me. He's like, you have to tune to the crystal? Yeah. For it to become useful? Oh, yeah. So, like, the first time I died, oh, I no. went all the way back to the starting area. Oh. I was like, ah, wait, I was in a different expansion. How the fuck do I get back there? Oh, that's so good. It was a whole fucking thing. But now I know. Every time I see a crystal, I got to go stand in front of it for three seconds for yeah. it to know that I've been here. Like, to check in. Can I? Yeah. Oh, yep. So, speaking of those crystals, <laughs> uh-huh. all right, I got a clarification. I got an update. So, last week I complained that the Waking Sands, which is the headquarters uh-huh. of the uh, seven, the signs of the seventh sun, seventh dawn, not seventh sun, the, the signs of the seventh dawn, uh, is in the middle of fucking nowhere, and there's a long run to get to it. You have to teleport to a crystal and then run to it. Mm-hmm. There is another way to get there that I've tried before last episode that I was like, this is not that big of an improvement. I don't want to sit through loading screens. You will not believe how many people reached out to tell me that the faster way to get to the Waking Sands, mm-hmm. the home of the, the uh, signs, signs of, of the, the Seventh Dawn, yeah. uh, was to, to teleport to a different continent, then teleport from there to a different district in the city of that continent, mm-hmm. then get on a boat. Mm-hmm. And ride a boat to the fucking port where the signs of the seventh dawn are. That's faster than to go to the nearest teleportation crystal. Is to teleport to a different city across the ocean, then teleport from that to the port, then get on a boat. That's faster, they say. It's not even that much faster. It's not worth it for How me to look it? through. Uh, it's it's for real. Like you count it in seconds. I don't. It's not minutes different. Yo, seconds is a lot. It's not. It is. <laughs> It's not because I'm gonna get there it and the, a long cutscene anyway. The fucking any percent at 300 speed hours. Run, at 300 hours. Count. If I want to play this for 300 <laughs> hours, shaving off 30 minutes is nothing. You have to understand, like people who like play an MMO seriously, though they're like residents of a city. Like their greatest passion in life is how do we find these these small efficiencies? Yeah. It's like, oh, you took which accent? Yeah. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. You can't take that <laughs> one. Yeah, you can't go over right there. You gotta go over here. Yeah. To one. You gotta go to whatever the fuck. Google Maps isn't gonna tell you that. Right, you gotta exactly. figure that out on your own. You gotta get ways. <laughs> yeah. um, so what were you doing on the BQE? That, that's exactly how <laughs> yeah. they are. That is exactly how these messages were. And like, <laughs> y'all, I'm not getting on that boat. I'm not doing it. That boat is too far. I'm not getting on going through three loading yeah. screens. I'm going one loading screen. I'll Even run. if the timer I is seconds. I got a chocobo. It's yeah. fine. It's not. It's a pain in the ass. But it's a pain in the ass the other way too. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I you that can game is, you can can you is that run like a straight shot that you can it's there's like three turns or you can get a choke you go to the choke of a porter pay them like whatever thirty gil who the fuck cares I have seven hundred thousand gil right now Just fucking using and they'll ride you there they'll yeah. be like all right I got you hop in the taxi the taxi's a chocobo the, the chocobo knows where to go yeah. Like, and it just runs you there. And you just check Twitter for three I check Twitter for three minutes. Do you know what makes time disappear? <laughs> the, the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very close to the end of A Realm Reborn. I'm like very close. Nice. I'm like one night away, basically. I'm, cool. I'm, I'm at a place that is just ripped from Final Fantasy VI. Like, it's Magitek armor time. It's Good. like a big fortress with like laser lights coming out. It's like the evil magic empire. Same. They're like doing Final Fantasy VI shit. Um, and that stuff has been not like... There was a point, I actually hit a point that I was like, wow, this is like a very good, compelling, like almost middle end chapter. Mm-hmm. And then I hit a really low point where it was about like Catholics who hate dragons or something. I don't fucking know. I think I'm going to get more of them in the expansion. I hear they get better. But right now I was like, ugh. And now I'm like infiltrating the Empire to rescue some people. And it's like, this is the end of a JRPG. Yeah. Sure. There, yeah. there, was a, there was a very cool fight against a wind goddess, basically. Um, 
And after that, the Empire showed up and was like, yo, fuck your gods. We got we got magic technology. We got Magitech shit. Check out this dope mech we built. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a, okay, that's a dope mech. You're right. <laughs> you got me. You fucking got me. <laughs> Um, and so I'm, I'm, it's, it is slowly turning the corner. Uh, it helps so much that I like the class I'm playing now. Yeah. Red Mage is so much fun. Like nice. there's the, the thing of like balancing these two like white, white magic and black magic bars and then getting in and doing like cool rapier tricks and shit is just a lot of like That seems fun. to be kind of a theme amongst the newer classes. Like mine also has like this two bar system. What like, are you playing as again? Oh, um, machinist, machinist, right? Which so is... I've got this gun and this drone. Uh, but I gotta overheat the gun in order to charge the battery for the drone before yeah. I can cast the drone. There's a lot of juggling yeah. meters, and I like that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's fun. It, it, it is really remarkable how much just let if I if I don't like what I'm doing second to second in a game, mm-hmm. I'm not going to care about anything peripheral to it. Right. I'm not going to care about the characters. I'm not going to care about the like fashion, which I think is like in a vacuum. I look at the fashion in Final Fantasy XIV. I'm like, oh yeah, it's all really cool. Yeah. But when I'm playing it, if I'm not having fun like with the class I am, I'm not connected to the character. I am. Right. I don't give a fuck about what I'm wearing because right. what if I change what I'm wearing, I don't give a fuck. But now that I'm like playing a class I like, I'm like, yeah, it's time to hit up the market. It's time to okay, I gotta, I gotta drip. I gotta get a cool cloak or like a suit. I'm trying to be a fancy cat wizard. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm trying to go about the town. Um, you should see some of these looks. They're very, they are, they are Hell very yeah. good. Uh, so. I'm- so like now that I care about that, I'm starting to care about those those kind of peripheral systems a little bit more. I'm normally the same, except unless I do the thing that I'm doing now, right? Where like I've hopped ahead and I can see like what that the endpoint will be good, right? Yeah, even if the beginning is bad, it's like oh, I, I know there's there's good things at the end. I can like power through. But, yeah. Uh, Machinist is much more fun than I initially thought, which is great. A lot of just circling around monsters who are very confused at me moving around them uh, and shooting them. Shooting them with guns. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm going to stick with it at this point and try to get even further in. And probably by Monday, I'll be able to report back on the base game and say how I feel about that after all this shit. Um, Any other final things? Patrick, you have some Luigi's Mansion final thoughts on Monday, right? Yeah, we'll wait till Monday when we can lift the the, the veil on the, the review. But yeah, I finished that yesterday. Um nice. and I'll have a review up on Monday morning and then we'll we'll talk about it then. Sounds Sick. good. And then next Friday is the day I think y'all can talk about Death Stranding. Uh I'm who's, who's y'all? I, people playing it. Who has it? I don't know. Not me. me I want to hear Rob. about it. Emmanuel. The world. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. all have some yeah. we'll, we'll have a big uh, pot about it next Friday. Yeah, I want to I want to hear about that game real bad. Uh so that'll be next Friday. Um, Conan O'Brien also has a code. Yeah. He's in there. He's in that game. Mm-hmm. You you get to be an otter. You get to be it's an otter. It's actually very good. You like you can float on your back like an otter and you do a little like otter motion with your hands. Is that What's an otter motion? You know how they like kind of hold their arms like you know in front are. and like well like <laughs> you're just shaking Rob, your trying to get that out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Great. There's a vid- Kojima uploaded a video this morning. Go. I'll look it up. You can find it, and you'll you'll understand. You'll you'll know what I mean by an otter motion. That they like sounds... bang things together on their like. Yeah. Okay. B- and you and do that? Otter uh, otter otter motion is my emo uh, pop band. <laughs> yeah, all together for a week. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> we started with Fall Out Boy covers and just never quite got past that. I can't believe that that otter motion is going to win game of the year. Um, I um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to 
indie games I played. Sure. Over the past couple of days, uh, one of them is uh, a Bewitching Revolution, which is a really short, like one hour free free on Steam. Pay what you want on itch, uh, where you play a communist uh, witch, uh, and it it's very it was very funny talking about Outer Worlds and yeah. like the 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 kind of choices you have there because this is a this is a much more linear thing. It's uh, it's it basically it kind of feels like a like a didactic you know it's like here's yeah. here's these things that we can do and like here's um but uh it's it's it does a lot with very little there's a, a bunch of characters living basically you can kind of think of this area as like one like square city block almost like very small though and there's these like characters kind of going about their day cool. and uh you bit by bit uh exp- uh uh like are changing things like the environment itself by like adding plants or um changing people's minds about things by doing a tarot reading and these tarot readings basically just read like communist missives that like have like here's why you working at this shitty like burger flipping place and like the way that uh you know your fucking the the system is um you know i the specifics it's like everything you've ever heard about like the 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 cycle of like being a wage slave and all that but like given through short like four sentence like because you it's like a sentence per like tarot card basically and you do four for a reading um but then the characters change in their behaviors and like these characters are super simple like low poly like Barely, like, there's no faces on them or anything, but like they start taking different routes and like they start doing different things in a way that huh. uh, uh, feels like this slow like change and like it like really makes the progress uh, um, not only visible in like a oh now things are changed, but like it's like sh- small and incremental in a way that feels natural, you know. Um, and it's like a short game; it's only like an hour, but like they it really like um does this this great kind of slow build up to uh like this community basically doing a full revol- like revolution and like overthrowing the shitty police state that <laughs> is currently like covering their block you know yeah yeah, yeah totally. uh, it's really neat. what was it called again i, I uh, missed the uh, name of it a bewitching revolution mm. um free Thank to you, see pay what you want on itch.io nice uh, oh, it has a really cool look too. Yeah, yeah, it's like low poly, and it's really cool. Um, and uh, like one of the early, <laughs> one of the great early things that you like, one of the first like things that you're asked to do is to remove, you know, those um, like anti bird like spikes on buildings yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You remove a bunch of those from all over this block, and then uh, owls show up, and the owls uh, will hoot at the presence of cops letting you know where they are Owls. so that you can then like go scare them off when they're trying to harass a homeless person. Shout out to the fucking owls. It's fucking it's great. Love um, love to make it checking out and it's it's species. a short little experience but it's fun. Cool. Nice. Uh again there's the be- a bewitching revolution. Yeah. Any other quick shout outs before we wrap up? I don't yeah. think I have anything else I, worth I have mentioning. one more other one. Sure. I played I played this game called Sea Salt. Uh, I saw that on Steam this week. Yeah. People were talking about it. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Basically, the setup is that you're this um, apostle to a, like, 
dark sea god, essentially. As you were wont to do. Yeah. Oh, it, even, it actually says Dagon, so it is yeah. literally the yeah. Lovecraftian Dagon. Okay. Uh, and uh, it starts up with Dagon asking some bishop in a city, like, hey, I want these sacrifices, and uh, you're up. You're one of the sacrifices. <laughs> oh. And the bishop is like, uh... Uh, sh- uh, no. <laughs> uh, and therefore Dagon's like, okay, well then we're gonna fuck your shit up. And you are the you play as essentially the minions of Dagon. So what's interesting about it is that is basically you're playing a swarm of things, and you have only two buttons. I mean, apart from movement, with like on I'm playing on your controller. I'm playing on a uh, on mouse and, keyboard. mouse and keyboard, but it doesn't even use the mouse. Oh, um, it's just WASD, like WASD, yeah, WASD yeah, yeah. and then there's an attack button and a gather button, and so so it's like Pikmin, <clears throat> kind of. Yeah, it's like you you're this like little circle on the ground where the swarm tries to kind of congregate towards. Okay. So you're moving through the streets of like you start at a. Uh, um, at a town and you like head out and you basically you move faster while you're not attacking and then like as you attack things it's slower so you want to kind of swarm things and then start attacking gotcha um, and it's like a 2D like sprite based yeah like top, top down, down view view um, and you start to get at first it's just like one type of like small chittering thing called the swarm that looks kind of like a they kind of look like zerglings, honestly. Okay, uh, sure. In, in the art, um, and they're all—it's all melee, so you have to swarm around uh, around the enemies that you want to attack, and then hit attack to go. Um, and then they start adding more and more different like unit types, basically, Ooh. that you start unlocking, and um, it gets really interesting because you you're like like these individual units are very weak, and so there's a lot of like. Oh, there's an attack coming in. I have to let off on my attack. Make sure to move my cursor away and gather people up. You know, a lot of like small uh, movements and readjustments that feel finicky in a fun way, right? Where like you have to you have to figure out the timing of it so that um, you're not losing too many creatures when you get hit by an attack. Um, and it, uh, I only played like two hours of it, but. It, it starts to get pretty hard at the end, too, and you've got, like, you start to get ranged units. You start to get units that will, like, turn. There's one that's, like, a, a necromancer that brings back uh, enemies you kill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of uh, neat things. It's just, like, this control scheme, and, like, you're not, like, directly controlling these things. You're kind of giving them suggestions in a way, like, actually feels really interesting and good where, like, you could see it getting more like annoying that you don't have a more direct sense of control, but I think it's actually really well done. And cool. it's been really fun. Sea salt. Sea salt. Also on Steam for yeah. some amount of money, right? That's like fifteen bucks or thirteen bucks yeah, or something. Yeah. Cool. All right. With that, I don't think we have time for a question bucket today, but Rob, you missed out on some good ones. Oh uh, yeah. I think I think next next week I'm gonna have to dip back in that question bucket to to we I left a lot of things un, unanswered and so we're gonna have to go back Maybe on Monday. That's just life. Mm. That's just life. Got to go back. That's what they said. <laughs> uh, all right. You can find me on Twitter at Austin <laughs> underscore Walker. You can follow everything we do. Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Waypoint.vice.com. Uh, YouTube.com slash Waypoint.vice. I have a random number from New York calling me right now. I'm going to hang up on that person. Fuck off. Damn. Uh, <laughs> Kata, where can people find you? Uh, at A underscore Kata underscore appears on Twitter. Patrick. 
I want to at Patrick Hubbock wants to apologize to the oh. person who uh, sent us a tweet that said they like watched Mangler two with like what they described as a cute girl and <laughs> we ruined it and you cannot put that on us. Don't None we- of us had seen Mangler two. None. What were they doing? Why would they? I don't know. Don't I, they probably were us. just like. They probably were just like, I went to see, oh, they were they were dunking on the Mangler series. Like, oh. let's see what the second one is. Like, I get it. Like, I've been right. there. But <laughs> you got to know who you're exposing yeah. it to. Like, I don't know yeah. if Mangler 2 is, like, deeply problematic or just a bad movie. Like, I have no, <laughs> no <laughs> you idea. You know what you're getting. I mean, I want to, I just, like, apologize in the larger sense as a as a member of the horror community right. for okay. you, you, you decided probably to, to take a chance and... That's that you know. That's that. That is honestly what happens when you watch past the first one of any series, any series. Man, Halloween Five has Paul Rudd in one of his first roles, in which he is like a Mike Michael Myers lore expert. Like it gets weird that's out weird. there, and you just once you get that's past a, that one, sounds, that sounds. I think it's like if you're in, if you're up for it, that's probably an all right date. I would see Parasite. Uh, this past weekend, yeah, really want to see Parasite. It's worth really seeing. Yeah, Parasite. Uh, and there was watch definitely... Marianne on Netflix. It's a it's an excellent French witch okay horror series. If you are actually looking for something good, there was like a fifteen year old couple in front of us uh, when I went to see this movie at Parasite, and I don't know that that's like a. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were like extremely alt culture, like yeah. cool kids, but like. I I suspect they did not have the time they thought they were gonna have at that at that movie. They um, watched that movie and were like, oh, "Let's go home and get some forties and watch Mangler." Too. That's that was them. That was definitely them. I heard this that guy was online. Me and my wife in me. college. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's like those go, those relationships exist. <laughs> that's how we felt. That's literally how we fell in love. <laughs> Mangler, shout out to Mangler too for bringing people together. We would get an eighteen pack of Miller Lite on a on a Saturday and just watch bad horror movies for God. the entire day. Uh, that's great. That's very funny, Rob. Where can people find you? Do you have any movie recommendations? At Rob All right, there we go. At Rob Zachney. I love it. I thank Rob. God. Just Rob. Rob for the last five minutes has just been internally sighing and just yep. like it, stop I'm, recording. I stopped recording, guys. I'm not participating. I'm, not, I'm done. I'm out. Just just stitch in me saying goodbye from a previous thing. Good. God. Uh, oh, Rob, you missed it. We got a new we got a new outro phrase. Were you here for this? Or Praise you, hell what? Uh, it's a little ditty that, that I think maybe we should just inject right in the middle of Outer Worlds and it goes something like this. Yo, fuck capitalism. Kirkland or- Bye, Kirkland. <laughs> Fuck capitalism, but buy Kirkland. That's and then for seventy hours we just God do that over and over damn. again. Uh, we can't fuck capitalism, buy Kirkland. That's in the expansion about. No, it's fuck capitalism. That's not it. That's not it. Go home. Peace. <laughs> When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Rob, I feel like we come in on Berlin. Like I do like the rounds and I throw to you and I go, yeah. back from Berlin, how was it? And then we do Berlin stories to kick it off. God. Okay. Yeah. How okay. mean do I get about paradox? Lo- love to structure. You know, mm-hmm. how would you structure a podcast? Go with the, the big new game out this week. No, no let's go to Berlin. Go to Berlin. Go to Berlin. Uh huh. You save that for the second half. Okay, we can't do that. We get something to get to, to it. In the first no, half. you can't. If we we cannot be an hour in on Berlin. Before, Sorry. Yeah. No. All right. Let's uh, top of the minute. Sure. Kato, I was a second early. I got a second, but That's fine. A, a bit. Um, no worries. Okay. Fix it in post. Uh, what? Okay. Is this true? What? The late actor Michael Clark Duncan was assigned to protect the notorious B.I.G. on the night he was killed, but Michael switched assignments at the last minute. Biggie's death caused him to quit working as a bodyguard and pursue acting full-time? What? It weighs on you. That is true. What a backstory. Mm-hmm. Oh. Incredible. Yeah. God damn. Incredible. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a good actor. He was a fun guy to watch on screen. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I decided to like nervously eat this pear. Why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> so I um two seventy. You gotta be excited about it. You gotta eat, eat that. Yeah. Eat that. So the last couple of days, uh, my downstairs neighbor has just started practicing metal guitar with heavy distortion pedal, of Sick. course, as, as you would. Thanks, Kato. Um, thanks for your support. <laughs> um, like right below my office, basically. Uh, oh, just like hours of practice. Look, man, but you bought something and the world said, let's go. You're going to have a pipe break pretty soon, too. Uh so today, like, it was bad enough that yesterday I, like, passive-aggressively fought back by cranking the speakers. And I was like, what would piss off a metalhead? Yeah. And I, I, I alighted on Kiss. Um, oh, that's would, would probably be a good one. <laughs> um, but and it did seem to work. Uh, the, the practicing stopped shortly thereafter. Uh, but today I figured we probably don't want to go further down that road. So I went downstairs and... Uh, Naturally, I already knew what unit it was, but in case I didn't, the goat's head on the door would have uh, the goat skull on the door yeah, would course, have given yeah. it yeah. away. There you go. And the uh, the Halloween decorations with "Keep Out" written in fake blood on the <laughs> window probably would have uh, clued me in as well. Uh, and like, I must have stood out there for like twenty minutes hammering on the door. Cause like I was like this guy fucking ignoring me, and I'm like getting super ready to just like we're gonna like that door's gonna open. It's gonna be go time. Door opens, and I'm like, hey, I'm your upstairs neighbor, and sweet dude, and he's like, oh shit, was I too loud? I'm sorry, man. Like I can just turn it down. And so then we ended up talking for like 30 minutes uh-huh. about video games and working from home and exchanging phone numbers and emails. Great. Good. And being like, so when's a good time for like me to practice? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of a morning person, so that's my quiet time. And then I do a podcast from 11 to 2. And he's like, awesome, man. I'll just, you know what? Like the afternoons, though, uh, is that cool? And I'm like, yeah, it is. I'll just go get coffee. Um, 
<laughs> and I was like, and he was like, yeah, I'll check out Waypoint, man. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> Shout out to uh, your, your roommate, by the way, or your, your new roommate. That's yeah, it. That's, that's what it is now. Uh, yeah. What is he? What was he going to recommend to you? Oh yeah, no, he was. Uh, he he was getting super into the new Doom, um, which is now the old Doom, and there's gonna be a new, right, new for, Doom. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. but yeah, he was. Uh, he's like, yeah, good. But then also, it's like, but he's like, I don't like it as much as I just went back and I played all my favorite games like '98 to like '94. I was kind of going backwards through time, and like, man, I love those old games. And I was like, why don't you come and move in? Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Great. I'm glad. Let's just you hang. Had- that's good. It's you know what you you have your own place now, and now it's good to get to know your neighbors for real. You know, it's not transitory in the same way. It's not ephemeral in the same way. So, all right, I've digested this pair. <laughs>